This episode is brought to you by From Within Records. We're about a week out from the release of Doubt Surrounds All by Shackled. If you haven't had the chance yet, head over to No Echo and check out the first single from the album. The new song is titled Nothing Ever Came. I'm so proud of everyone in Shackled. This record is awesome, and I seriously can't wait. So please head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order yourself a copy of Doubt Surrounds All. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button, stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we track down James and Drew. They played in a band called Time and Pressure from St. Louis. And it was uh, a a bittersweet podcast because obviously those guys have always been great to me. I'm a huge fan of the band, but they decided to call it quits. And I wanted to have them on for not the last time, but I, I want them to come on and talk about Time and Pressure at least one more time. So we sat down. It was a great conversation. It was fun. We just talked about the last moments of the band and it was just a nice send off for me because I seriously love that band so much. So it was super awesome to be able to have James and Drew come on the podcast again just to talk about the band. It was really fun. And if for some reason, if you're not familiar, please hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, your Apple music, your title and go listen to Halfway Down by Time and Pressure. That record from front to back is amazing. And enjoy the record. Come back here and hear James and Drew talk about the podcast, or excuse me, talk about the band. It was super fun. And it it won't be the last time you guys hear from them. Uh, We already got some stuff that we're working on that's coming down, down the pipeline. But it was seriously so fun for me to be able to sit down and just hear about the the tail end of the career of time and pressure but please strap in enjoy this conversation without further ado welcome james and drew to the show all right and we're live welcome back to the podcast james and drew how's it going guys it's good man how are you hello I'm, I'm I'm doing good. This is uh, bittersweet, right? I, I never, and this is the, I, I think the first time that I've ever done this, right? To have people on from a band that just decided to, you know, hang it up. So this is a new territory for me, but obviously I have a lot of respect for you guys and your band, uh, Time and Pressure. So I, you know, once I heard the news, I was like, shit, I was like, all right, I'm going to reach out. Hopefully it's not like too soon, but I wanted to obviously have you guys, you know, back on at least one more time to talk about Time and Pressure before it was all said and done. Cause like I said, I'm still a huge fan of the band. I think what you guys have done has been awesome. So I'm just happy that you guys were down to do it so soon after you guys played your last show. Yeah, of course. I mean, I figured you'd want a fucking palate cleanser after having to talk to Blake for more than 20 minutes. So, you know, that's what we're here for. Okay, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, but it, it's, yeah, like I said, bittersweet, but I, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to, to do this. And, you know, I, I did talk to Blake, had him on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, great guy. I, I, mean, I had fun talking to him. He, he praised you a lot, James, which I was. Uh, oh, you know, I know. I listened, but still, fuck him. <laughs> I, I was very surprised because I was like, oh, man. I was like, and this it wasn't planned. And I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't really know the dynamic between you two. So it, for him to give you so much praise, I was like, oh, it, it seems like, you know, he like looks up to you. That That's what I, I kind of got from it hopefully he's not upset that i said that 
No, the people I'm meanest to the most are the people that I love the most. And I'm real fucking mean to him, Andrew, and my wife. So, like, you know, okay. it makes sense. Wow. You've never been mean to me, so I, I guess you don't like me that much. He got you there. So, next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. It's fine. Uh, I, I, you, you don't have to like me, but I, I appreciate I, you taking the time. Jamie, I, I do like you. Okay. I, That's I, why I, we're here for like the third time. And it means a lot. Okay. But here we are. We're maybe. I'm, I'm here because this is just another last grab at relevance. I, after this, I fade into obscurity. No, Drew. This is it. This is it. Drew, you ah, just picked ah. up the. Okay, before we start recording, you had that guitar. You could start riffing right in your living room. You'll be fine. Let me tell you something. No, I can't. There, there is a reason why I sang in the band, why I didn't write any of the riffs. Okay. Drew is a very wrote, talented lyricist and, and a good singer, but zero riffs. I, 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 can't, riff. I can't write songs at all. I'm terrible at it. Well, I, with this new newfound downtime, I guess you could learn if you wanted. I could. I'm not gonna. I could. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> asked James for some lessons? Like, hey, how, how do you write some sick riffs? I'm not a musician. Drew's a way better like musician than me. Okay. I can just write decent hardcore songs. James James is just naturally good at like stringing things together that sound cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas like one of my big problems is that like I know just enough music theory i mean, i don't know a lot of it at all but i know mm-hmm. just enough to be like oh i'm not creative at all because i have to follow the rules you know that kind of thing that's like the only time me and him ever like getting like arguments like actual arguments is it, it during writing he'll just be like no you can't do that it doesn't work that way i'm just like well that sounds fucking cool you nerd so we'll just keep doing it in that way okay so <clears throat> excuse me so word like just a couple of days removed from prom core, which uh, seems a, a little crazy because it, it uh, you know, with all the videos that, you know, uh, scope exposure has been posting, it, it feels mm-hmm. like it's been longer than that. But since you guys have had a couple of days to, you know, sit back and kind of think about how the weekend went uh, in your guys' opinion, um, how did it go over for your guys' final show? You want to go? Go where? talk <laughs> i got it you're yeah. the fucking long-winded one uh no it was it was it was really cool um i was uh i was i, I gotta be honest you know people people were giving were like kind of razzling me a little bit they're giving me a hard time about like oh you're gonna be so sad and stuff like that because like they knew that you know and james being one of them i told people he <laughs> was just crying throughout the entire weekend <laughs> which wasn't true is, is he okay like did he cry last night? And I was just like, yeah, he's just been like slowly weeping. Like since I flew in, like he's just been crying the whole time we've been here, which is, which that's not true. That didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, like the shows, the last two shows were so good that like, it's been really hard for me to be sad at all. Like I've just been thinking about like, damn, those shows were good. So I've, 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 I've been, uh, I've been kind of riding high off of that feels feels good man yeah those shows were cool um i think the only time i got bummed was probably when you guys dropped me off at the airport that was other than that and then bren said something to me at one point before when we were saying goodbye to them after prom core uh they were heading to wherever next and then bren just kind of looked at me goes this is probably gonna be the last time that all of us are in the same like room together 
like talking about chemical fix and time and pressure. And I was just like, fuck, that's, that's probably like, that's probably true. And then the guys drove me to the airport and I just slept in the airport. But yeah, it was, it was such a cool weekend that I don't think anybody really had the time to like dwell on it and get sad. And like, like Drew said, the shows were cool. The St. Louis show was great. Prom Corps was, was cool. So I, I did reach out to some people who were there and I've heard nothing but good things. Right. And it has me like a little pumped to watch your guys's video whenever scoped exposure puts it out. And, and these are, um, and I'm hearing this from people who I didn't even know liked your band, right. People that were there and, uh, you know, obviously me being a fan, I was like, Oh, cool. That's awesome. That there's other people that I didn't even know, uh, you know, were interested in your band, you know, were saying so many good things about your guys as a set. Um, at any point, you know, you're playing these last two shows, they're going over so well. Did you guys ever question calling it? I did for like a brief, like a little bit of time. There was like a point when we were driving somewhere, I think. We were, I think we were driving down to Tulsa and I was like, oh, fuck, like I kind of missed this a little bit. And then Blake kept talking and I was like, oh, that's gone. That's gone now. I'm good here. I, uh, I want to go on record and say that I didn't want the band to end. Uh, that decision was made for me by other people. Uh, so if at any point they would have said, Hey man, we should do that. We should keep doing this. I would have been like, okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, it, there's a, there's a split between some of us that mm -hmm. wanted to stop it. People automatically assume that it's me. It's not just because I moved away. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it, but it's not solely me. Um, our drummer also has a child is getting married soon. Like just bought a house so like he's he's the oldest one out of all of us he's kind of like you know i don't want to be 35 doing this so i'm i'm he he was kind of just like i i think i want to be done after december when we we're supposed to play like sweat fest and stuff like that and we we're supposed to play cleveland and he was just kind of like i'm i don't want to do anything past december so don't book anything like he came to me off to the side and we kind of talked and i was like okay like i i understand where you're coming from for sure um so i was just kind of like well I don't really want to. And then Blake was planning to move to Philly around the same time. So it's kind of like, you know, we're all kind of splitting away. We've always been the kind of bands just like, yo, if one of us leaves, then like, that's it. Mm -hmm. We don't want to find another person. Don't really want to do fill-ins unless we like absolutely had to for some reason. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like a few of us all branching into different spots, except for Drew and Dave. Drew and Dave were really the holdouts of it and just kind of wanted to keep it going, which like, I think if things would have planned out a little bit differently, we probably would have. The plan was to go until at least like June, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, with Travis kind of coming to me and saying that he he wasn't really wanting to do that, um, we kind of just agreed to call it in October, just because it made the most sense to play home at least one more time, and then ended at Promcore. Promcore just seemed like the most like the the most like the best option for it. Like Sweatfest would have been cool, but like Promcore kind of holds like a special uh, piece of our band. Like with things really kind of branched out for us and like kind of elevated us a little bit when we played Promcore the first time. So it just kind of seemed like a, a good bookend. And it was like the drummer, was he like a hundred percent? Like, okay, like I just want to call it. There's no talks of maybe just trying to switch to part-time. Cause obviously uh, it's hard to, you know, peek into the future and, you know, know how your life's going to go. Cause you can imagine it one way and then it can go, you know, totally like in another direction. So if, for me, it, I, I'm just so curious. And obviously, like, I, 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 I don't know what everybody has going on in the personal life, but it, yeah. for me being a fan, I, I'm just so curious because at this point, you know, I, I feel like halfway down is probably the best thing you guys have put out. Super solid front to back. 
I, I, I argue that it's seriously like one of the best hardcore records that I've ever listened to. And, and, and I always like feel like people look at me a little weird for saying that, especially, you know, coming or speaking about a band, you know, from St. Louis and people aren't like super familiar with the scene, but it's just like, no, like, like it, it, you guys got to realize that this band is doing something like really good and people just got to pay attention. But I, I just feel like if you guys, uh, you know, somehow managed to keep it going, you guys could have gotten to, you know, some, you know, bigger places. Yeah. I think there's, I think all of us at some point have kind of thought about that. Just like, well, if we didn't, we'd probably be able to get to do this stuff. And I think that kind of, that definitely, I know bothered Dave because, and, and Drew, that there was definitely like more that we could have done more stuff that they wanted to do. But I think, I think Travis was just kind of like trying to get his priorities in straight and just kind of be like, okay, these are the things that I care to do. This band isn't one of them really anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think our band's ever really been, I mean, we're not like a full-time touring band, but like, it's always been like, go out and do as much as possible and i think with travis not wanting to do it me living far away and then blake was going to be moving pretty much whenever our band was going to end blake was going to move or he was going to move in the spring so either way by by springtime we were the plan was to go to california for a week in the spring and then just kind of lay low for a month and then have a last show in st louis and then be done and then it just kind of got bumped up several months that's probably like one of my biggest bummers is knowing that, you know, a, a year ago you guys had plans to come to California and it's literally like right before it happened, or you guys were supposed to come out, the world turned upside down and it, just unfortunate, you know, things, you know, moved on the world's still in a weird place, but you guys never got that chance to come out to California with time and pressure. I, I assume that for, for me, like the band was also a means to get places to mm-hmm. just it i i'm i don't make enough money to like just be able to travel i can't just go places so like for me the the band was just it was it was my excuse to be able to go to different places uh so without that i mean that means i will probably never make it to california i'll never make it to the west coast uh in my entire life i i i expect uh and so that's that's a big bummer for me because always you know like living in the midwest the coasts are like those are the cool places to go Mm -hmm. you know uh it made sense to be able to do it with a band like when there's a purpose uh you know like gas would have been covered and, and stuff like that uh just from playing shows and now like you know that's financially that's not a thing that i'll ever get to do so, you know, that that's that's a big bummer for me, not just because we didn't get to play shows there, but just like, you know, that that entire that that entire like small dream is now just gone. That makes me a little sad because I, I, mm-hmm. I, I wish, you know, I'm. Um, maybe start another band maybe you could eventually make it up or i hope at some point uh, you know band or not you, you can get to california because it's nice out here it, it's not if, i i feel like it, it it's not like as dreamy as like you see it on tv and the movies and stuff but it is actually pretty nice but i, I hope you would make it out at some point san diego is the greatest place i've ever been to like hands down that's the best city in america i think okay. like anybody who's ever been there can agree with that yeah i don't uh i don't i don't i don't think that'll ever happen if we do, I mean, if I if I were to do another band, there is, I I have, I have no 
I, I don't know. I don't think that if I ever did another band, it wouldn't do get any of the opportunities that Time of Pressure did. Well, maybe. Who knows? I, I just I don't think so. If, if I do another band, it's not going to be with James. And mm-hmm. James is the reason all this stuff happened. I'll just be your booking agent. There it is. He'll bring the shows to you. Just, just oh, get. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> find find some members again. and figure it out. But oh, was it ever a thought? Okay, uh, you know, time pressure wraps it up. But you, you guys can still, you know, keep whoever is still on board and just move on to something new. You know, new name, new music. Did that ever cross your guys' mind? Or- I mean, like the the. I had I had kind of a, a lot of us a lot of the older guys um in the band we've all been kind of saying like oh this is our this is our last like real attempt at a band no um, one said that except for you i mean i don't know i nope. feel like dave's in like seven other bands dave Travis. is the dave's the exception Travis is in two. Yeah, but 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 Travis doesn't plan on doing anything with those bands. Like, and not when I say doing anything, I mean like you know, like touring and stuff like that. He's, he just wants to, he just wants a place to play. Um, so I don't know. I I also when I said that stuff, I also thought that we were gonna get like some more time out of it, and we were gonna be able to do more things. So on the on the way back from Promcore, uh, our friend Joel. Uh, who i've i've always wanted to be in a band with joel uh kind of we were like we were like driving away from prom core james wasn't with us and uh uh dave was just like hey joel you know i still got a a bunch of like foundation style riffs that like if if you want to get together and start working on something and i was kind of just like yo i'd sing for that just because i want to be in a band with joel (laughs) so like maybe that's a thing that'll happen who knows could happen sounds like a you know possibility but will you leave that door open or are you just like you know kind of over it at this point i I, i'm not over i don't think i'll ever be over it um because i really like being in a band Mm -hmm. um you know i i it 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 does a lot for me um like in in you know for I don't know, emotionally and, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a massive extrovert. So like getting to be around people is always very nice for me. Um, it does a lot for, uh, I don't know, makes me feel good. Um, so like being in a band is always just an excuse to do that. But I don't know. Um, right now, it's just it's the thought of being like i turned 34 next week and like the the thought of being 34 and like starting a brand new hardcore band uh that's i'm exhausted finishing that sentence it it's it, it just seems like a lot of work for not a lot of reward um i don't know my my plan right now just to like be creative is to do comics and see what I can do from there. I did see you, um, you know, putting a, a message out, trying to uh, see if people were interested in helping you. And yeah. it seems like you got a lot of like wrong um, inquiries. Uh, yeah, I how's got a that bunch going? Of, I got a bunch of dummies who uh, don't know how to read, so I don't know how they expect to know how to write because they were like, uh, I don't, "I'm not an artist, but I can help you write." And I was just like, "Cool, 
I don't need that. So um, you're dumb. And so they, uh, uh, I did get some actual artists mm -hmm. uh, who reached out to me and I've been talking with them about like, what kind of story do you want to tell and, and stuff like that. I've always got ideas for little short stories um, that I could turn into comics, just brewing in my brain all the time. Had I had uh, I had an idea for one that I'm real excited about the other day when I was driving home from getting Taco Bell breakfast. Taco Bell has awesome breakfast, by the way. And uh, I was driving home and I was just like, oh, what if I was on Tinder and I saw an account that was like, I'm going to kill myself at the end of the week. And I was just like, there's a story. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a, a real possibility. Obviously, uh, this day and age, things I, I think a lot of the things are like way more accessible. So I, I, I hope uh, you know you're able to you know at least get one comic out because obviously I know you're very passionate about that. You, I already got one out. Where you been? You've been sleeping on it. Don't yeah, two. Two. <laughs> two? Not very good. Jeez. Okay. All right. Um, fill me in. <laughs> Uh, I did a I did a book with a dude who I didn't really know that well. I just met him through the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, it was heavily inspired by uh, Power Rangers. Oh, awesome! Um, both as a concept and as the real world TV show. Um, it was about uh, we didn't we didn't get to finish it, so we only got two issues in, uh, and then he ended up being a sex pervert. So oh, geez. We, we stopped doing it. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's a good reason to stop. I I, I won't. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be able to work with one of those. Um, but one of those sex perverts. Yeah, I I, I don't think. <laughs> but I, I would have somebody... it, was, it was such a cool idea for a book that okay. I, at some point, like I'm probably gonna steal it and and you know it's partially yeah, mine anyway. So, for sure. Uh, and and try to like repurpose it, but it was about uh, it was about a girl who, um, grew up watching a a TV show that was just her world's version of power Rangers. Um, a, uh, old Japanese TV show that was like repurposed for modern American audiences. Uh, and, uh, she eventually like gained the superpower that was totally based on memory. Um, and so like, her fond memories of her childhood were watching this TV show. So it turned her into the main character from the show. And uh, she would be able to anything that she could like remember from that TV show was uh, an ability that she could do. And so like, I don't know, it was uh, it was kind of a riff on um, a riff on like the Shazam kind of style. Mm -hmm. where you know like a person turns into another person um or like kind of a sailor moon sort of uh concept with like you know the magical girl uh genre um and conceptually it was like supposed to be exploring uh this hold that like nostalgia has on modern audiences and how like that can be a good thing and can also be a bad thing I'm really interested. Are, are issues one and two still available somewhere? Do you have copies? Uh, I have some somewhere. If you find them, I will be happy to cash app or PayPal you some money to read those because I'm, I'm really curious. I know I know issue one is on Comixology um, if you do digital, but I don't think okay. issue two ever made it there. Okay. But, 
And what was was the title? So people listening or watching can look at it. It was called uh, Xeno Guardian Red Visor Go. Uh, Okay. One of those really long, uh, like, one of those really long titles. uh, Because, you know, whenever, like, the Japanese gets translated to English, Mm -hmm. it, uh, it always gets, like, real elongated. So we thought that that would be funny to do. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, like I said, I, I hope you, uh, you know, continue to pursue that and, uh, you know, uh, get those creative outlets filled. And, uh, you know, I, I like, I'm really curious if you do follow that Tinder story, because uh, I, I, I just love weird indie stories. That'll, like, yeah, that'll, that'll be one. Um, I'm talking to a, a local artist who's never done a comic before, but I've been a fan of her art mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, and I, I, I told her like, oh, I'm going to send you a script for that whenever I finish it. Um, over the summer, uh, I, 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 you got cops listening to this? Maybe. I'm not, not sure. <laughs> uh, over the summer, I broke into uh, uh, an abandoned amusement park um, with, uh, with somebody. Okay. And uh, while I was there, we we're, we we're pretty sure that we came across like uh, a redneck family uh, growing and selling drugs inside of there. Uh, straight up, like I found like I I, I found booby traps Jeez. in this uh, okay in this old amusement park. It's pretty cool. But for a while before we found like figured out that there were people there, uh, we just heard the sound of like a kid laughing. So uh, turned into me wanting to turn that into a ghost story. That would be my first thought: is this place sounds haunted? Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, we didn't get the hell out. Instead, uh, we took a picture next to the uh, uh, abandoned uh, like diner that was there, mm-hmm. and then I turned it into a diner's driving and dives joke. Good old, so good old guy. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, I I keep thinking about what you said earlier about uh, you know having you know a, a reason to travel you know because of like the band and. Honestly, that's like a like the main reason why I travel. Like I, I just got back from uh, Wilkesbury like a couple, probably a, about a week ago at this point, and I'm going back in a couple weeks. And I was in Florida like earlier this year, and it's all yeah, it's all because of hardcore. I, I think like the only time uh, that I don't travel, like, I either travel for Disney or hardcore. And I, I think next year is the first time that I'm tra- like traveling for the first time for neither. I'm, I'm going to South Korea for the first time. And yeah. that's going to be pretty interesting. So it's just like, oh, I've, I've never done this before. I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm really curious what it's going to be like. But yeah, like honestly, like like 90 percent of the traveling that I do is because of hardcore to get to shows. I mean, that's almost all of the traveling that I do uh, is because of like either going to play a show or going to see a show. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really have uh I don't have an excuse to go anywhere else. I don't have a reason to go anywhere else. I, don't, I mean, I, I guess I got a reason to go to Ohio now. Mm-hmm. Why? I can I can go hang out with your kids, not you, just your okay, kids. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I I would imagine you you would have traveled for like a a comic book convention at some point. I mean, I've gone to the furthest I've gone for that. I I, I used to go to C two E two in Chicago every oh. year. Um, nice, but. You know, I, it's just conventions are cool, but like they're cool for like a day. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Con- conventions are cool for it, depending on why you're there. Like if you're if you're a cosplayer and you're like trying to network with other cosplayers and try to make that like your job, it makes sense for you to travel to a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody like me, who the reason I want to go to conventions is because I want to interact with creators and also possibly just like go to the, the, the like the storefronts that are there um, and be able to like buy, you know, can, if you've, I don't know if you've ever been to a comic convention, but like uh, shops have convention prices where it's like a, a book that they would normally sell for like $3 is $1. So like, you know, you can, you can stock up on a bunch of stuff that you're trying to find. Uh, and it's, you have access to all these stores that, you know, from all over the country that you would never get the chance to go to uh, normally. So that part's cool. But I mean, I don't know, traveling just to be able to go buy stuff isn't always the greatest. It's not the most fun. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, you don't want to go by yourself. And like most of my friends are kind of over that at this point. They don't really want to go to comic conventions because, as James says, it's cool for a day. And then, you know, do you really want to travel just for one day? You know? I think for me, whenever I would go to a convention, um, I, I w- I'd always look at like the guest list and let that kind of drive um, if I really want to go or not. Because it's just like being out here, um, you know, like you will get people like a lot of like, you know, big names to fly out. But then there's like certain key uh, people that I haven't had a chance to meet, like uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, right. He was supposed to come out, but then COVID happened. So he, he obviously yeah. never made it out. But he's like somebody, he's, he's like my favorite writer, and I've never met him. So that's like somebody that's on like my bucket list uh, of like people that I would love to meet and just have him sign some of my books. I, I got the chance to, to meet Frank Miller one year. And like that was, that was like a highlight moment for me. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, he, uh, I just offhand, I wasn't even like, I just kind of mentioned like, oh, yeah, I was I was talking to him about Dark Knight Returns and I was just like, this is the book that made me want to write comics. And he was just like, I hope that you get to do that one day. And then I was like, we just published our first issue. And he was like, tell me about it. So I did. And he was like, I'd really like to see that. And like, it's totally just him like doing the thing that people who are trying to sell stuff do. But like, it was still cool, you know, to for him to be like, I want to see your comic. And so I showed him a copy of it and then he took it with him. And like, that was cool. Hopefully he read it and it's stored somewhere. I am sure that he did not, but it was still cool to have a moment where Frank Miller is just like, Hey, will you sign my comic? You know, Mm -hmm. like that was a cool moment for me. Can I tell you about my craziest convention experience? Um, Fuck, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was WonderCon, and it was um, out here um, in Anaheim. Yeah. And me and my buddy, we were just on like the the show floor, just kind of um, just walking around. And for some reason, we just happened to be in this one corner by like you know, like it was um in, in the corner, but um on one of the walls was uh, a bunch of doors, and it was a uh, uh, an emergency exit, right? So we're we're just standing there, just kind of chopping it up, and you know, people walk around doing their thing, and the doors open. And Stan Lee just walks in 
And I'm like, is that a cosplayer? Because it was, I was just so shocked that Stan Lee just walked in, no security, nothing. He just walks in, and I kind of grabbed my buddy. I'm like, dude, that can't be really like Stan Lee. And then we kind of like looked, and we're like, that's not a cosplayer. That's really Stan Lee. So like, we walked over and said hi, and then everybody else kind of realized like, oh shit, that's Stan Lee just in the corner, and he got swarmed, and security showed up, and obviously I had to escort him out because it was getting too hectic. But that was like. Something that I'll like never forget. It was like one of the craziest things because obviously Stanley, uh, you know, pretty iconic. But it was, it was just like just so random, like not planned. He just happened to walk in. I, I don't know. I think maybe he just wanted to poke his head in and see what was going on um, at the convention. But it was seriously like one of the craziest things I've ever experienced. Was it actually the ghost of Jack Kirby, and then Stanley just made you think that he did it? <laughs> um, it, that that could be, you know, yeah. in, in a weird world, maybe lot of people there and I, I don't know why but there's this there's this girl hopefully um it was a girl i don't know um uh, cosplaying as magneto and I, that's like one detail that i'll, I'll never forget was, you know stanley <laughs> magneto and a bunch of random people freaking out it, it was so insane yeah conventions are weird like that you'll get to do like you'll just run across somebody like uh i don't know i've had i've had moments like that with like i mean they're not like celebrities but they're like you know people whose work i i appreciate in mm-hmm. comics uh i don't know it happens it's cool that's one of the that's one of the cool things about them 100 percent. but uh james is right after about a day i'm just like okay even like you know with all like the, the retailers there you know me living out here like my local comic shop they would set up at every convention out here so i would just end up buying from them because I, I I still get my employee discount because I, I, I used to work there. So it's like, like even though we're at a convention, I still get a better deal shopping at my own shop. I am the kind of person who like, for me, I, you know, I, I would go to one for three days and I would enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like whenever, you know, there were a couple times like a, a group from here, we would go to that Chicago convention. Uh, most of the day I was by myself just walking around finding things you know looking at stuff that i want to buy getting stuff signed by creators um like like talking with with creators and stuff like that um and i would i could do that for three days and and not feel weird about it but you know do you really want to make do i really want to make the drive by myself you know stuff like that that part that part about it sucks you gotta find a discord server with cool people that goes to convention so you don't you, you can go by yourself but you link up with the crew i let me tell you something i don't right. if i wanted to meet new people okay i would do that i'm cool with having my three friends that's it that's all i need no i feel you I, I'm, I'm i'm a little bit older and I, I i'm nice to people but i'm not like i'm not like looking for a, a new group of friends yeah no don't want that okay so I, I I definitely understand you on on, on that point. <clears throat> that's that's why I'm bummed out. James left. He left me. One fucking two. <laughs> He's yeah. I got my two friends, and one of them isn't even very nice to me. Okay. Which so. one is that? Is that Joel? No, Joel's nice to me. It's Lauren. Oh, you're not even talking about Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen Sean. Okay. I, yeah, I, I saw Sean at a CC's Pizza like a, a week ago that was oh, the last yeah. time i saw him since and then the last time you saw him before that was when like the four of us hung out before i left right yeah that's it, it five months ago yeah all right sean yo fuck sean sean needs to be a better friend 
Sean is engaged, so he Drew will never see Sean ever again. I I I I love Sean. Uh, I wish I got to see him more. He said to me that night, like, "Man, we should hang out more." And I was just like, "Okay," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I I do wish I got to see him more. He I got you know he he got engaged the other day, and I was trying to like be excited for him. Um, but I'm just like the kind of person who, like. I don't know, like my me being excited for people just doesn't come across well unless they're in person. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So I was like, I posted online like, oh, hell yeah. My friend Sean just got engaged. And this uh, school nurse who I know uh, was just like, that shit's overrated. Like, and I was just like, cool, you're you're dumb. Wow. Well, Listen, hey, I've hey, been married man. like almost 10 years now. It's fucking cool. 10 that years? Jeez. Sucks dicks. Fuck her. I don't understand. Like, why? Why? Don't be salty because you'd be sending kids home with fucking tummy aches and shit. Fuck you. Listen, I drew this picture of our friend Sean today. I drew a diagram of how he lost his virginity in a treehouse. Here, check it out. In a treehouse. <laughs> That's a bird. That bird is saying, ew. See, hold on. Check it out. That's him. Wait, hold on. No, let me go back up. That's him right there. That's his feet because he's too goddamn big. Oh, he's too tall. Oh, that's a foot? That's not even like a real tree. That treehouse sucked, man. It was more like a tree fort. It's like so, you're living in the tree trunk. James. Yeah, that's what it, dude. It's not even like a it's okay. such a bullshit. I, I imagine treehouse up in the, the the branches and everything. No, it's like a that's, it's like the, it's at the base of the tree, and the fucking trunk is going through it, and there's no front door. I was telling him, I was like, it's like a fucking, it's like a trailer mobile home. It's like a fucking trailer. So okay. I've I've. I've heard this story several times throughout our friendship of, you know, the treehouse incident. Uh, I didn't know until today that it wasn't up high in the tree, that it was just like a, a meth shack on the floor. Straight up. The, the fucking it's probably like four by four, maybe, maybe four, by maybe like three by three. It's a fucking it's tiny. It was not it was not very cool. Jamie, I got to ask a question since you're out in California. You guys got meth out there? Oh, you want to hear a crazy story? Um, I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast, but I. Okay, so. Uh, Is this about the time that you did meth? No, no <laughs> never, <laughs> never, never done meth, but okay, so check this out. I had this longtime girlfriend, and we had lived together, but um, we, we, uh, you know, split up. So I, um, you know, moved into a house with some friends, and, you know, whatever, like we we're, we're super toxic, right? Super toxic. Uh, we, we still uh, hung out and talked, even though uh, I, I moved out of the, the apartment that we lived in. She stayed there for like about a month or two, but I helped her move back into her parents' house. And uh, she was like, oh, like, you should just stay here. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I really like hanging out with you, even though it's not good for my health, but I'll do it. Right. So I was still paying rent at the house with my friends. Was, but, was her name James? No. Not um, James. I I, 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 probably, <laughs> I I probably shouldn't say her name on here. But um, so I was paying rent with um, you know, still at the house with my friends. But I was basically full time at um my girlfriend's parents' house, and you know it was a new environment for me. Um, I, I remember walking into the house. I'm like, oh, there's a weird smell attacking my nose, and she had to sit me down. And she was like, okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but my mom and her boyfriend are cooking meth in the garage, and people come here and buy it. So just, just, um, just please ignore it. Like, I, I love you. You love me. Uh, just put up with the meth and we'll be okay. Right. And it was a weird time in my life. Cause I remember I would get home from work before my girlfriend did. I remember one time I walked into the house and her mom was sitting in the living room, staring at the coffee table and there was rocks laid out and she was speaking to them. 
and i was just like okay i was i'm just gonna pretend like i didn't see that so like i you know went into the room texted my girlfriend I'm like yo like your mom's talking to rocks like is everything okay and she's like no she's on meth like don't worry about it like it's no, man, fine she was saying fucking she had her crystals out she was saying her fucking daily affirmations and shit yeah <laughs> the it, sentence your mom's talking to rocks is funny it, it was it was really strange but uh but yeah so talking to the fucking crack again get home yeah so so there there is meth out here I, and i was uh you know living in a house where they were cooking it it was crazy it was it was insane that's badass sick yeah she's just talking to the rocks you little mathy little mathy rathy dude i it was was crazy about i think when i so the reason why i ask is because like when i basically like i think of of methamphetamine as like uh the 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 largest export from uh, uh of like the area where i grew up so okay. I just consider like meth a part of the area here and I make I talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, I made a passing reference to meth and I was just like, I wonder if they have meth out there. I mean, I'm, sure they, everywhere. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But you know, I I, I didn't know how prevalent it was. Yeah, no, it, I I guess and I'm not like the into hell like what are we talking about? I don't, I don't know how we got I'm here. Jamie being a fucking meth kingpin. Um fucking big dick swinging out here fucking dude. rocks to his fucking ex-girlfriend's mom and shit just talking to him. It was crazy. But luckily I had to remove myself from the situation. I I, I came to my senses. I'm like, "You know what, Jamie? This is not a good environment for you. Uh why are you here when you're paying rent somewhere else?" So, um I, uh, you know, you, I, I packed you up and left. Steal a fucking handful of rocks out of the fucking candy jar before you left. No, <laughs> no, I, I just left it alone because I don't want to end up in like a Breaking Bad situation. You get caught up and have to, you know, be indebted to people. So I, I just, yeah, took myself and left, and yeah, I just never looked back. I thought you, I thought that you were gonna tell me a very Breaking Bad story where like your older chemistry teacher friend like watched that girl die. Oh no, no, no. Um, you know, it's funny is uh. I hadn't seen her in like eight years and I was out to, you know, uh, K barbecue for dinner with my buddy and it was like a dimly lit restaurant. Um, and, uh, she walked in and I was like, Oh crap. Hopefully she doesn't recognize me. Luckily I had my mask on. Cause like I was just finishing up as she walked in and I don't think she recognized me. Cause like, Oh shit. Meth girl. She's still alive. Let's get meth out of girl. here. Just messing around, man. Insane. But, um, going back to the band, one thing, and, uh, I, I'm just curious, right? Uh, last show happened at prom core um and you guys had played saint your, your final saint louis show a couple days before in a perfect world would you guys have wished that those two shows were switched uh, like you know you played prom core and they could have ended it at home it would have been cool to end at home yeah um i feel like it makes the most sense that's like what everybody does but i don't know it it, it, it it's weird because like it would have been cool to end at home it made sense to end at home, but it also made sense like for our band to end at prom core. Um, like James was saying, like that, that the prom core 2019 did so much for us as a band, mm-hmm. um, opened a lot of doors for us. So like, uh, it was kind of, there, there was, there was a brief conversation about, Oh, so do we just not do prom core? Cause like, if you're a breaking up, you do a last show at home. And then we were just like, nah we're just gonna do prom core so um i thought for for a few seconds i thought maybe we would do hometown show prom core then announce our final show at home Mm -hmm. um but that just didn't seem logistically to like add up with it maybe if james still lived at home we could do that but to have him travel like again it, it just didn't make sense 
I have zero desire to leave the fucking great state of Ohio. Uh, so having to like fly back home again, I was like, nah, fuck that. Fuck every bit of that. Can I ask you about that band, uh, Discourage, that played your guys' uh, last show at home? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember what show I was at. I was at the show at Chain Reaction, and I was talking to my uh, buddy Ben, who plays in Take It to Heart, and uh, w- one of the dudes in Discourage just kind of uh, walks up. Seems like a nice guy, um, uh, you know. And you know, it's funny. He he walked up, and I didn't even get an introduction from Ben. So I was like, "Oh, wow, what a bad friend." Now I feel weird. Oh cause... wow, it's weird when people do that, isn't it, Drew? <laughs> Fuckhead. Super you weird. Can speak for yourself. Super it's weird. Fucking, Drew will do that shit. We'll have a conversation with someone for fucking fifteen minutes. I'm just standing there. Just, it, it's the weird. Like, who's that? Oh, it's so and so. The weirdest cool. thing. But yeah, so so he walks up. Him and that's, Ben. That's a, that's a St. Louis thing, man. We, everybody <laughs> does that. It. Okay. It's the rude bitch thing. Yeah, that's the St. Louis thing. So anyway, him and Ben start talking. Right, he he, mm-hmm. he kind of cuts into the middle of our conversation. I'm like, you know, it's fine. Uh, you know, this is one of the first shows back. Maybe everybody's just excited to see each other. I, I get zero introduction, but then they start talking about their bands, and I'm just kind of standing there, I'm listening. Ben showing him like the new Take It to Heart artwork, and then this guy, um, I don't even know his name, but he's like, yeah, you know, I got uh, you know Drew from Time and Pressure doing guest vocals on the record, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I was like a little intrigued. I'm like, first, and at that point, I didn't even know what band he was in. I'm like, thinking, I'm like, who is this guy, and what band is he in, and how does he know Drew? And I was like, I, I was like a little curious, but then come to find out, it was uh, that band Discourage. Was it a probably Eric? No, Matt travels to shows. Eric doesn't really. It was probably it was probably Matt. Um, He's wearing short shorts. Oh, that's Matt. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Matt Tyler. Matt Tyler. We met Matt Tyler um, when he was playing and dying for it. Okay, I think it was like 2018 when we met them, Um, and we've just like I've kept in contact with him uh, for a while, and then we did the split with Discourage Mm -hmm. in 2020, and um, I talked to I talked to two of the guys in discourage and the guy who runs patient zero probably every day. So like we've, we've just been like pretty close with discourage for a while. So it was cool to have them play those last two shows too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome that they're able to fly out and make it happen. Cause obviously for a band from California to travel out there, it obviously shows that you guys have a close relationship. Yeah, they didn't take the fuck. They didn't do like take it to heart and fucking try to try to find a band week of and then drive for twenty eight hours. Oh man, those guys are those guys are something else. But I I love all those guys. Great band. Yeah, we get to meet all of them finally. Uh, like I've talked to Jay. Uh, me and Blake did a podcast with Jay. Like fuck, probably like a year ago at this point. What? Uh, I don't think it ever came out. I was gonna ask. I I, I knew that he was um, starting a podcast, but um, I don't think um, it ever came out. Yeah, I, mean, I think me and Blake were the first ones that did it. We talked to him for a couple hours that night, and then um, interesting. I, like I, I, we got, to, I got to meet Ben that same on prom court weekend. Like we've talked about, uh, I did uh, some art for them a while back, mm-hmm. and uh, we just like kind of talked a little bit about that. And but it was cool. I was, I wanted to see them, and I, I remember I asked the dude who puts on prom court, Aaron. I was like, "Yo, we we can't be there Thursday for the pre-show. Can you put them on like another day of the fest?" Like so he throws them on Friday, and then we fucking left late friday and then we missed them dude i apologize to them a hundred times after yeah that. i tried to, get I, to leave at like nine because i assumed that like you know we haven't done this in like a year and a half it should be it should be easy to like wrangle these fucking idiots up again and god has once again uh not shown his light upon me and i realized very fucking quickly that we weren't gonna leave until like noon so yeah we missed them we missed them by like an hour i think 
Okay. Yeah, I was bummed out. I I kept because I I do really like that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I found out about Take It to Heart from one of uh like one nine seven media's uh videos um from one of their program shows mm-hmm. and uh like I I normally you know I'll I'll if it's a band that I don't really know I, I, sometimes I'll you know I kind of roll the dice on whether or not oh, I'll check this out. And uh, I, that just happened to be one where I did. And I, I watched the whole set, which I don't normally do. Um, I'll normally get a couple songs in and then just be like, oh, I should probably hear this on recording to get an impression of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched their whole set and I was just like, this band is good. <laughs> and so I like sent it to uh, the members of our band. And I was just like, hey, if we if we get those California shows, we should play with this band. And uh, that's kind of how we be, got introduced to them is just through like we all listened to it and we were like this band's good and then started like following them you know to keep up on on what they had going on and then that turned into just like talking to them that's awesome they're, they're all good dudes I, I always tell everybody that they're the future of orange county hardcore because when you look at yeah. like when you look at some of the, the the bigger bands from our area um you have fury uh, as far as I know, they're currently working on a new record, and you have Dare, who's you know, you know constantly on the road. They're on the road right now. They're I'm linking yeah. up with Life's Question and doing a string of shows. Yeah, and I'm seeing them on Saturday. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so great band. Um, so they're like, uh, you know, uh, barely home. So right now, it's just like up next is take it to heart, and the, those guys are getting busy. I know they're working on. Um, or maybe I shouldn't say it, but they're, you know, obviously they, they were able to get out of state, play, uh, you know, prom core. They're hitting a lot of gigs out here in Southern California. Like I saw them at a random warehouse in Long Beach. They're playing LA, Orange County. They're um, staying busy. And um, I'm like super proud of them because uh, I just think, uh, you know, uh, musically th- th- they have it. I-, I think the music that they've written and the music that's going to come out, like I-, I think they're a super solid band. And once like once more people start paying attention, um, I feel like they'll be able to get to where they want to be just because um, I agree too. Yeah. I, I, I really want, I, I want them. I want to be able to see them. Okay. Uh, and so hopefully that happens in one way or another. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure as long as, as long as they can keep it together, they'll be fine because yeah. like i said uh, musically they're also talented and they know what they're doing and i feel like they've kind of um you know kind of like fine-tuned their sound and i, I think it's going to uh, you know, uh, be, be good for them in the coming future yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think they have a uh, i don't know if they've finished recording but i know they had like a record that's that's they were working on it they, i'm pretty sure it's like gonna be a safe inside record i don't know if it's it's probably gonna be like a one-sided 12 inch or a full lp that's mm-hmm. just how Bert usually releases music i'll uh i'll give you uh or tape i'll give you i'll give you an exclusive uh uh i'm gonna be on the record not like with the discourage record where i said i was gonna be on the record and they got real excited and then they were like by the way you got to record this in a week and i was just like okay that's not happening yeah dude i i don't think i don't think they realize uh (laughs) you are the person that you are and that a week is not enough time for you to do really anything. I mean, they, they, they were, it it was, they gave me, they said two weeks. That Mm. was the actual time. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it was two weeks and they were just like, write your own part and then like book some recording time. And I was just like, I don't think you understand like what I do for a job. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't yeah. I can't do that in a week. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't even be able to get in contact. It would take it would probably take me a week to be able to get in contact with somebody who could record it and then figure out the time to do it. Yeah. Takes a little more planning. But okay, well I, I'm now I'm more curious cuz I had no idea that you were going to be on the new Take It to Heart record cuz this is yeah, this uh, awesome news. Uh I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but like, you know, it's too late I'm now. gonna I'm, who cares? I'm yeah. not in a band. So Jay, uh, Jay reached or uh, one of them, Jay or Ben reached out to me like a couple days ago. It was just like, do you want to be on it? And I'm a sucker for guest spots mm-hmm. on other people's records. Ours, you know, don't take up my time. But <laughs> uh, like, I like being on other people's records and I like, you know, being able to insert myself into their songs and make them better. So uh, lots of you. God. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm joking, but I, I, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's cool to me that people would ask me to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to work out something where they, they want me to be, to do something on it. And we, I don't know what yet. I don't Mm -hmm. know like how it's going to go. The only thing I requested is that like, can I write my own part if possible? Cause I just feel more comfortable doing that. 100%. 100%. No, that that's awesome. I I hope it does work out cuz I feel like that would be a, a great addition to the record. Did you write your part on that resolute guest thing that you did? I didn't. Okay, uh, that yeah, sucks. All right, never mind. Just wonder. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, into that. The first time that this happened was uh some years ago. Um there was there was a band from here uh called Resolute um who like reached out to another band was just like oh we want you on this record and then the guy couldn't do it and they were so just like i guess we'll ask drew (laughs) and so uh i like went in the next day and just recorded this part and i did i remember that i did it in like a couple takes it wasn't it wasn't very long uh but i did it in a couple takes because they didn't like the way that i did it and they kept telling me to do it a different way that's Um, so weird and so I was kind of just like, whatever. <laughs> Those lyrics were fucking cheeks too, man. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just very, it was very like, um, I don't know. I'm 15 years old and I just learned about politics. No, I thought it was, was it, was it, was it about politics? I thought it yeah. was like, that one line being like, there's a line dividing the groups. And I was just like, is this about like you guys not coming? It was, to, you're not playing. It was, there's a, it was, there's a gap dividing the groups, but all I care about is the truth. Uh, a peace of mind that I'll never find. The more I struggle, the tighter the noose. I love and, that you can remember that fucking that's garbage cool. from years ago. Good memory, but not like other important shit that's happening, like within a week of someone telling you it's because do you know why i know that because i gotta write i gotta write stuff down people people get on me all the time they're just like i told you this and you don't remember and i'm just like yeah that happens i gotta write stuff down it happens so if if it's something that i need to remember people need to say hey write this down and then i'll remember it i'll remember it you know i remembered that we were doing this podcast today only because i put it in my phone yeah, I texted him yesterday. It was like you realize we're doing that tomorrow, right? I, I knew you. actually. I was gonna I was gonna text you about it yesterday, uh, mainly as a way to be like, haha, I remembered. Well, you didn't, bitch. <laughs> I didn't. James I beat didn't. you to the forgot. <laughs> I had uh, I had to I had to go play DDR. That was 
and we'll get to the, the DDR talk, but um, since you talk about uh, you know um, <laughs> your scene, uh, you know, James, you you moved away, Drew, um, you know, time pressure, um, you called it quits. Are you guys worried about uh, the St. Louis hardcore scene? Because I know obviously there's like uh, more people involved, but I know you guys had like a pretty big hand in you know keeping it going forward. But do you guys have any fear that it might? not be uh you know a, a good thing going forward that they might you know have some turbulence with trying to keep things going it's what you're I, 100 yes i moved and it fucking went with me let me just say this i booked a show from 600 miles away that had over 100 people at it and i don't think that that is going to be a thing that can happen anytime soon again because of like i don't want to be like an asshole but like booking shows is hard but it's oh, also the easiest fucking thing in the entire world. You okay. find a place, you put bands in it, you tell people, the people go in. That's it. But St. Louis is like fucking stupid when it comes to that shit. And there's so much like outside bullshit that like bogs it down from being as cool as it could be. That mm. it is daunting to people that don't want to get yelled at by strangers on the internet. So then they just don't do it or they do it and they do a piss poor job of doing it. And it always frustrated the fuck out of me. Because for like a solid like couple of years, that's all all my time and devotion went to either that or my band. Mm -hmm. So like to watch other people do it and fumble and fuck it all up really aggravates me. And I hope that someone will like pull their fucking head out of their ass and be able to do it not shitty. But who knows? I don't care anymore. I live somewhere else that's way fucking cooler when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like complete opposite. So like fucks me up. I don't uh I don't know. I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but I genuinely don't think that like there are going to be many shows here at all, just because of, of this reason. Mm. Like nobody's going to uh, the, the, the people, the people who would take it upon themselves to do shows. Um, nice people. I just don't think that I, for one, I don't think that they necessarily know what they're doing. And number two, perhaps most important, I think that they're too stubborn to learn. And because, um, you know, there there's just people who are like, oh, yeah, well, if it didn't work, I got to I got to do it a different way. But, you know, when somebody comes in and says, like, no, this is how you do it. They don't listen. Um, and yeah, I just so and, and so that means that, like, there's not going to be a steady contact. And so who are uh the the who are the bands you know going to contact when they want to play here uh, you know there's not going to be that person like when james was booking shows people would be like oh yeah you just talked to james james is the guy well because it's not steady people aren't going to be able to pass those names along and stuff like that so i i kind of just expect that there's going to be a drought for a little bit um and i almost don't think that that's a bad thing um, I kind of feel like every now and again, um, in a, in, in a scene like ours, you need that just to remind people why they have to bust their ass to do it. That is true. Cause I feel like the whole scene, like all of us kind of went through that during the pandemic, right? So many people, um, it was just so normal to, to, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to a show or now I'll skip that show. I'll go to the next one. But when it got taken away from everybody for that year and a half, 
it was just kind of like, all right, cool. When we get it back, like we got to go hard and actually appreciate this shit and put in more work to, you know, to keep it going so that people, you know, will remember that this shit doesn't come easy, that, you know, this, this is only here because um, there's, you know, certain key people willing to put in that hard work to yeah. you know, facilitate all of this because none of this is guaranteed, right? Without people putting in work, you know, doing the bands, the zines, the shows, the podcasts. Yeah, I don't think so. So it was weird watching places open back up and start having first shows back and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think St. Louis just didn't skip a beat. A show came through 40 or so people were there. That was numbers that that was pretty normal common shit beforehand. Okay. And then I don't, I don't know. I, I just noticed that like everywhere else had show like their first shows back were huge and like did really, really well. I, the first show I went to in Cleveland, there was 350 people. It was all local bands. And then the first show back in St. Louis did like, I think maybe topped at 50. I was just, I was really excited because I was like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is going to be a thing again. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, over the course of the pandemic, people got more into it. People were more appreciative of it. And then it kind of like fell short. A lot of it. I mean, without getting into like the stuff that nobody cares about. I mean, that, that people have heard a million times, like people are so reliant upon promoting online um which is like fine i got nothing against promoting online like absolutely you know make your make an event page make a flyer spread it around um but you can't rely solely on that because uh you know social media is algorithm based and when that algorithm changes you know, suddenly I'm not seeing flyers and advertisements, you know, in, in my feed anymore. Uh, I'm not, you know, like bands can post some stuff on Facebook and then nobody sees it uh, because it's not suiting the algorithm, um, you know. And, and so there's there's been stuff happening here in town that I just didn't know about until after it happened because it's not coming across my socials and nobody's telling me about it. Uh, they're just posting about it and thinking that's enough. Yeah. You gotta be a fucking, in a world, in a fucking world, city and scene of fucking punishers, you think that they would devote some time to punishing the internet about their fucking shows, but they save it for fucking Twitter instead. I, 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 Oh, it, it bothers me so much that like, I see people in bands say like, say stuff like I, I hear it. I hear it from people they'll say like i you know i want to post about the show again but i don't want to be annoying on the internet be annoying on the internet first of all be annoying on the internet because uh in a couple seconds everyone has forgotten everything that you just did and secondly every time you post somebody is seeing it for the first time so like be annoying on the internet who cares if the people don't want to see it they'll probably unfollow you and they weren't going to come see your band anyway 100% and yeah and I feel like the only way you know you're really annoying is those people tell you you can't just assume just because you post you know about the same show a couple times that you're annoying I feel like that's just you know pretty weird and you got some like you know self-conscious like stuff it going also, on. yeah it also just means that you care too much what other people think like mm -hmm. I, yeah if you're gonna book shows that can't be a thing that if, hinders you if it's, you're gonna be in a band yeah if you're gonna be in a fucking if you're gonna be some public figure not public figure but like public facing within our court people are gonna be fucking salty about something you did 100%. might as well be annoying about it yeah like there's no reason if if you're in a if you're in a band and you care you're gonna get upset if somebody is critical of you you're dumb 
Like, just don't be in a band. Like, you're not going to make music that everybody is going to like. Uh, you know, you get like, that's that's a thing that we see. You know, I'm not I'm not just talking about people who are like, oh man, they didn't like my band. I'm talking about people who are like, they didn't like my band. We got to fight them. That's the dumbest thing in the world. Like, it's if if it's one thing to like straight up just like be disrespectful to somebody mm-hmm. and be like going out of your way to be a dick because you don't like their band and like constantly bringing that up, you know, trolling them. That's one thing. Trolls are dumb. Who cares? Except whenever I'm trolling people, that's funny. But uh, whenever it's like when when if somebody's just like, oh, I didn't really I don't I don't think your band's very good. People have told me that my whole life. And you know what I say to that? I go, oh, okay, that's it. I've never once gotten mad that somebody said your band's not very good. Most of the time I've seen the stuff that they like and I consider it a compliment that they don't like my band. 100%. You mentioned the algorithm, which I didn't really you know, pay too much attention about. I'm like, whatever, I'll just post it. People will see it if they want to see it. But you remember when um, Instagram and Facebook went down a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, it, when it went back up and I, I was just doing my normal thing, right? Posting about the podcast, whatever. And I, I kind of took a peek at the numbers. I'm like, oh, wow. There's a lot of people looking at this. Yep. I wonder what's going on. And then, and then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, oh, you know, I, it probably like, you know, the algorithm had to get reset, right? So, so. The, the, the conspiracy theory mm-hmm. uh, is that they were deleting, you know, pe- people at Facebook were deleting files that could incriminate them in possible like, uh, you know, federal level offenses. Mm-hmm. Okay, James is gonna be right back. I don't know. He could have just said it, which totally would have been fine. But um, he didn't want to. He didn't want to want to interrupt me, which like makes sense because you know, why would you want to interrupt this? Uh, I'm I'm speaking speaking truth here. You're about to get Um, shut down by the CIA. They're coming for us. Eh, they're all coming for us. Who cares? We're all gonna die someday. Might as well, you know, be an anonymous uh, killing by the CIA. Anyway, uh. Yeah, so like the, the the conspiracy is that you know they they were deleting all of this information that could implicate people in possible threats to the democracy and stuff like that, uh, and then so of course, like it goes down and then it comes up and suddenly like I post a picture of myself that usually would only get seen by fifty people and I have two hundred likes on it all of a sudden. That was a way to to. It was, it was psyops man getting people reinvested distracting them or you know they just were trying to get people to keep using their products that's you know could be that too With the day that that happened i was teaching mm-hmm. all the kid all the kids in my school went nuts i couldn't get any of them like i would see them like is your stuff refreshing is your stuff refreshing you know like it was wild i didn't even know they cared about instagram I didn't care that much to where I was in a panic. I'm like, oh, it's it's not working. All right, cool. I'm gonna go do other shit with my life. Yeah, I was just doing my. I was just at work, so I mm-hmm. couldn't check it anyway. Okay, that's interesting. Um, you know, and I, I, I am another here- thing. Another oh, thing I do want to say because right. I feel like people don't know this. Okay. Um. Uh, Instagram. Number one, right now, Instagram is pushing video because they're trying to compete with TikTok. So, like, mm-hmm. if you want your flyer to be seen, find a way to make it a cheap video. Like, find a way to make it a video. You don't even uh, have to do that. You can go, you can make a story, 
put like a GIF or some shit behind yeah. the wire and then just post and like save that file and then post it. That's what I've always yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, just that, that's what I mean. Like find some way for it to be labeled as a video uh, and it'll get seen by more people. Secondly, Instagram doesn't want people uh, sharing things that are predominantly text. So they suppress that stuff. And uh, if you if, if, if you don't know that it can tell that there's text, uh, open up Instagram on your browser and look at the uh, uh, developers tools because uh, it will it will show you in the HTML code everything that that uh, image says. Uh, and yeah, they, they, it keeps that from getting more views. So if you're just posting a flyer, nobody's going to see it. So you got to find a way, maybe put a picture first and then have it swipe over to a flyer or yeah. something like that. Because uh, otherwise... Uh, Instagram is is not going to push that out to your followers for their feeds. I feel like Jamie would appreciate this because he's a big Disney guy. Hundred percent. Shout out, shout out to Nemo. Um, another way to get around it is to post a live photo of the band that's headlining, and then put all of your information in the caption. Because uh, Instagram, if there's like a clear face in the picture, it usually bumps. Uh, it bumps it up. There's ways around it. People are just fucking stupid. Well, yeah, nobody takes the time to think about this stuff. They just post a flyer and then they go, oh, man, only two people liked it. Dang, I guess nobody likes my band. It's probably true, but still, there are other people out there. Now you guys got me thinking because I have used the same format for promoting the podcast. And obviously, like we have like, um, you know, steady growth, which I'm, I'm happy with. But now I'm just wondering, huh? I wonder if I could reach more people if I if I'm just switching it up because I, I Dude, do like you, the, the the simplest like promotion ever. I I know I could go crazier, but I just I don't care that much. Like obviously, I love this and I I'm very appreciative of people like you guys who take the time to come on and do this, and I value everybody um, who's subscribed and who listens. But it's like I'm not like you know I'm not trying to make this like the biggest thing in the world. You know I'm just trying to just do a cool thing and not make it too corny. Yeah. Switch it up, man. Find, find, uh, you see if it, see what works for you. Okay. All right. Or just pass out paper flyers like a fucking normal person. Yeah. I have a very big chip on my fucking shoulder about people that promote their shows poorly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it reflects back on the city that they're staying at or that they're playing or that they're from or whatever. And then that shit travels. So if you have a bunk ass show in St. Louis, then they're going to tell their other bands, like, oh, no, you should go somewhere else instead because the show that we played there is fucking whack. So, like, that's always been like when people book shows, and they do a piss poor job of it. It always really fucking like aggravated the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. So I always tried to like fucking snake shows from people that sucked or like scoop them up before they could go to some dickhead who doesn't know what they're doing. Hundred percent. I I, I, talk, I talk to people about like you know why they you know, would do certain tour routes, and obviously you know then we get to discussing like certain markets and you know scenes. I'm like okay that that definitely makes sense. So yeah, you, you want to always try to you know do your best and have you know your scene come and like have a good representation because that's a that's the easiest way to get to want to get people to come back right is to show them a good time yeah st louis is like smack dab in the middle of the midwest but it's also surrounded by kansas city chicago and louisville which are better just better cities than ours as far as like hardcore shows go so it's, it's a it's a hard case to get someone to go there when there's the three other cities just right within five hours of of st louis it's easier to pass us up and then go somewhere else. Okay. And if you know, or if you can, who's next up when it comes to St. Louis hardcore, are there any current bands that you guys are aware of that you would like to, you know, kind of tell people to go check out that they might not be familiar with? If direct measure, you get their fucking heads out of their asses and know how to like, I don't know, like take advice and I don't know, fucking 
route things better and like get out there i think they could do some cool shit but fucking detriment to their own fucking uh self sometimes yeah i mean there are there are cool bands here um but uh direct measure is like the only one who really seems like they want to play other places Mm -hmm. uh you know like there's a band from here called placeholder who i like a lot i i think that they're uh kind of this weird mix of different dan yemen bands and i think they're really cool but i can't ever see that band playing out of town uh the 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 people you know james and i were in a band with some of the guys in who were in that band and they don't want to they barely want to play local shows you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a weird thing people are just like they want to they want to be in a band but they don't actually want to do anything st louis um, it's just like a weird spot nobody to to get to like playing bigger shows like show, you have to leave that was the main goal for time and pressure from the jump like before we had before we even stepped foot in a fucking studio i had three weekend runs booked for us before we had any music put out it was just like listen if we're gonna do the thing we gotta fucking go we cannot play here all the time and just that be it mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta go out immediately like we played three local shows and then started playing out of town immediately i think at the end of our our band i think we played out of town more than we played locally by like a good chunk just that's what you have to do in st louis like you in, in a city like chicago or like louisville you can play locally pretty often and still like i mean look at inclination inclination plays locally for the most part and they get out sometimes but i mean for the most part they just played locally and then look what happened there i mean you have some some other reasons that that may have happened but i mean still like you know louisville bands that have never left the city but you know them because they're from a city like that. That's like a hub for hardcore, especially in our area. Mm-hmm. People don't think about that as far as like St. Louis. St. Louis is just kind of like, oh yeah, that's a place you drive through to go to the other cities that are cooler. It's it's the 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 rule, the rule of like, is your band ready to tour is if you have a local following. St. Louis, in in our experience, St. Louis was the exception to that rule. Like you you can't rely on just having a local following because you're just going to be playing to the same people it's not like it's It's a very like small scene and by small like the best shows do like the best shows that aren't large like larger venue shows like the 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 more not diy but like mid-tier stuff if it does 75 that's really really fucking good even like on a weekend like if a show like that like the fact that our our last show that we did there did 100 was like fucking shocking to me Mm -hmm. Well, it shows the respect. People wanted to come out and see you guys maybe for one last people, time. I'll tell you what. People came to that show uh, not knowing that it was our last show. People I had never met before. You know, wow. a bunch of a bunch of young kids like came to the show and were just like, I didn't know this was your last one. I was just like, um, I saw you at this show and I haven't been able to see you since. Or mm. I, I, I heard about you, you know, in the last year and... Uh, that was a really cool thing for me. Some dude came up and like wanted us to sign his record. And like, that's a thing that I feel really uncomfortable with. So like, I don't know. It's it's you can't really have a conversation with somebody where you're just like, hey, man, I don't want to sign your record without sounding like a dickhead. So like I just did it. But then at the end of the night, I was just like, uh, yeah, I signed your record. And then I didn't even talk to you because that made me uncomfortable as hell. And so like what's your name how do you know who we are where'd you come from you know stuff like mm-hmm. that trying to at least like talk to him now it's on depop for 300 dollars. 
I, I don't know. The St. Louis is, it's, it's a weird spot. It's always been a weird spot. I love it. I lived there for a very long time. I got to do a lot of cool things because of it, but I, the entire time I, I spent booking shows, I also spent the same amount of time wishing that somebody would shoot me in the fucking face because of how frustrating it can be to book shows there. And I, I, you know, there's people there's that's booking things there now. And I think at the first sign of like bullshit from it, they're going to kind of take a step back. And then if that keeps happening, because I, St. Louis is a very weird spot where people are very judgmental of hardcore there that don't go to hardcore shows. And that annoys the fuck out of me considering it's like, yo, bro, you're an indie band. You can't be fucking throwing stones in your glass house, dude. Like, yeah, people are shitty at hardcore shows, but you know, maybe you should chill the fuck out with like your underage bullshit. So stuff like that just annoyed the fuck out of me. It's always like everyone dog piles on hardcore when like one bad thing happens, but let some fucking dork who plays a Stratocaster in a fucking pop punk band, like try to talk to some fucking 15 year old. And it's just like, Oh, well, you know, I guess that sucks. Like, dude, fuck you. Fuck you forever. Suck a dick until you're dead. Die mad about it. That shit annoys the fuck out of me. And I hope that it like stops someday, but I fucking know it won't. And I think living somewhere that's not there anymore, like has put those kind of like, I I can see that shit a lot better now because it's not directly like, annoying me i can see it from an outsider perspective i'm just like oh that's so fucking annoying and everyone there can fucking rot suck a dick but now like i love it i love st louis so much i lived there for so long and i like i felt like we had like a good thing going and then it went to fucking shit and that sucks and i hope that it gets to a good place again because i feel like people that are booking shows don't want to do it for like the right reasons like yeah you book a show it's fine whatever but there was like a good solid year or two Whereas like there feels like there's a good community building thing going here. People have each other's backs. Shit's cool. And then that just went away. And it's fucking, it's super disheartening because I've devoted a lot of time and energy to that. And to see it kind of just like go to shit more or less, like it just, it's fucking, it's a bummer. And especially living in a place now where it's like the complete opposite. It's Mm. fucking bizarre. land. Like I tell people that here all the time. I was like, people here are fucking nice. They're extremely supportive of each other. Every fucking show I've gone to has a ton of people at it. Even like that, the first local show I went to here had 300 fucking something kids at it. So it's just, it's like complete opposite. It's like reinvigorated my love for like booking and like doing, being involved in hardcore and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just fucking annoyed. And now I'm talking about it and now I'm more annoyed. As somebody who still lives here, it's annoying. It just is. It's like just a thing that you have to accept. You can either you can either get mad about people having an opinion when they have when they contribute nothing. Like fucking damn men and all. Who was at that fucking show that we played in St. Louis a month and a half ago was talking the most shit. Like, well, why can I go to this show with 150 metalheads and no one's fighting? But then like talked all that shit. Guess who was at that fucking show that we played? Fuck damn men and all. Suck a dick, Joe Dirt looking motherfucker. Ooh, goddamn. I'm sorry. Don't bug your eyes out at me, Jamie. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's uh, I, I can hear the passion. Um, it so, just fucking it so annoys the shit. I mean, that you would like just shit on your own fucking place so hard and then just be like, well, I guess I'll just fucking go. Like, no, dude, take a fucking hike. Like, eat a dick. Go away forever. Like, no, fuck you. Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. You just have to, it, it, you, you got to learn to deal with it. If Drew's you're going to live because he fucking lives there still. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't really, I don't care about most people. 
well, I'm hoping that at some point somebody uh, will step up and try to, you know, continue what you're doing out there, James, because it, it, it would be strange because I, I don't know if in my lifetime that I'm aware of that there was like, you know, a, a hardcore scene that was active and just went away. St. Louis has always been kind of like that. There's always like a, 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 a predominant, there's like one person or one or two people that book a lot of shows. They get fed up with it and then they fucking stop. And there's a drought for a bit and then someone else does it and then they get fucking fed up and then they stop. I think since me and Drew have like been friends, which is like, like 11 or 12 years by this point, mm-hmm. I think we've seen, so there was, there was fucking, there's Brandon when he was doing Iron Bird for a while. And then there was Donna and then there was you and me. And then there was just me. So like that's over the course of like 12 years or some shit. There's a person that will do it for like three, four years and then get fucking burnt out on having to deal with idiots. And then just be like, well, I'm fucking done here. Yeah. No, I, it, it, I, I hate when people say it's like a thankless job. It's not a fucking job. Like, yeah, no, it's not a job. It's you're, you're asking for your own fucking punishment. But like, I mean, I feel like everyone who plays in a band should have to book at least 10 shows before they're allowed to play in a band. <laughs> to have that they should, they should know how fucking annoying that they are when they show up late yeah when they, when they need a backline 15 fucking minutes before they're supposed to be there and like they, they should have to know how annoying they are how annoying their peers are and how annoying the like just booking in general should be before I, they do it the one thing that always got me uh the one thing that always got me when i was booking and i i mean i'm not gonna pretend that i was perfect at it but like uh I would book a band. A band would ask to play a show. Hey, can we play this show? Yes. The first question that I would ask is, are you going to promote it? And then sure enough, everyone said yes. And then most of the time, a lot of bands just wouldn't tell people they were playing a show. Yeah, that's a huge one. I used to get in arguments with people about that. I would call them out on it. Just like, hey, why are you promoting this one, but not this one? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we were going to wait until like, the week of that one like that's not how shit works you work at a fucking restaurant like you you understand that you'd have to fucking ask off early for this kind of shit man like don't don't be a dumbass yeah because things things can change and obviously people you want to give people enough time enough notice to be able to you know make the preparations to get to the show because it's not like everybody has the same schedule or free time to just go out to a show and again if you're most people are just promoting themselves or their their shows uh digitally if you only have a week, that's only X number of people who are going to see it. True. I've had people that have told me that it's like the promoter's sole responsibility to, to like push the show, which I mean, I get the promoter should push the show. Absolutely. 100%. But like, if you're not doing it too, yeah, like uh, you don't care about the show. Why the fuck I, should I, give a sh- I don't want to have to sit through your shitty band just because you don't want to bring people. We have, uh, I mean, in the past, James and I have just been like, okay, we're not going to book that band anymore. They can figure it out. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. with, with bands who just didn't push themselves, didn't tell people about them. We're just like, yeah, okay. We got other stuff to, other stuff to worry about. So and like, let eventually, whenever we start telling them, no, we're not going to book your band or, you know, coming up with some reason why we can't, uh, they'll figure it out. I always like out here, there's like uh, certain people who just have no ego. Like I, I remember walking out of a show and seeing 
uh, you know, certain people in the scene that I, I feel like could easily just not have been handing out flyers just because they have like these bigger bands. But the fact that they were out there still doing that kind of work, I was just like, that's that's how like you know, people should kind of realize like, OK, like just because you're in a big band doesn't mean you're too good to do certain things. And I just uh, hope that like I wasn't the only one that noticed it that night, because when I saw these dudes stand outside when they didn't have to. But the fact that they just wanted to, you know, promote it that way, I was like, that's that's real shit right there. That, that that's, uh, you know, how I know, like those dudes are real and actually care about their band, the scene and wanting people to show up because they could, like I said, easily just stayed at home, done it behind a computer or from their phones. But no, they wanted to go and get that face to face interaction and actually put it in people's hands. And I felt like, yeah, doing it in person does have a different effect versus just, you know, posting an Instagram story or a, a tweet. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Passing out paper flyers, it's fucking annoying because like people will throw them away or people will just like fucking ignore you or be rude and shit. But it's also a way to meet people. Or the venue that you're at will tell you you can't do that. That was yeah, you have to go like go half a block down the street and do it. But it's like a good way to meet people mm-hmm. and people that are like curious about because sometimes you get people that are curious about your flyer and you kind of explain it to them and sometimes it works. When I first moved here, I booked restraining order the like the third month that I lived here. I don't fucking know a lot of people here. So I can, I can rely on the internet a little bit and like, getting shares from people and shit, but I went to bigger shows and flyered and like me, Vlad helped me flyer too. He posted up some, uh, some posters and shit for me when he was doing some shows for his. So it's just like paper flyers do make a big difference. They're annoying. And you know, I'll tell you about it, but it helps. I'll tell you the person you have to avoid whenever you're handing out paper flyers is anybody who looks like they're above a certain age who goes, hell yeah, man, you're doing it right. This is the way to do it. That person will never come see your band. No, nope. never. You'll have to pick up that flyer off the ground later. They'll, 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 they'll talk about how cool you are and how, yeah, man, this is the way that people used to do it. And then, and then you'll <laughs> never see that person. Out, dude, me and Drew used to pass out paper flyers all the fucking time. It was, it was for a while. It was just like a way to hang out more. So we'd like yeah. go and like have a stack of flyers. We're just like, we know this isn't gonna help, but whatever. And we'd go and pass them out, and it was just like the most people say the most wild shit to you if you're trying to hand them a piece of paper. One time, I was handing out flyers for a show that I was booking, and it was like, I uh, it was it was like some local some local bands. I don't think there was a touring band. I think it was just like three locals, but it was at the venue that I that was holding the show. So I brought flyers and I was like handing them out to people. And this girl says, she looked me in my eye. I handed her the flyer and she goes, are you playing tonight? I said, no. And she goes, then why are you handing me something? Jeez. And I was just like, what does that mean? It was the time of that fucking, what was it? Someone like balled up a flyer in front of me and like threw it, like to like set it on the, like dropped it on the ground in front of me. I picked it up and I threw it in their fucking face. Like, dude, fuck you. We, fuck you we, forever. Like, don't do shit like that. That's rude. Just be like, oh, I don't want this. Or just fuck off somewhere with it. Shove up your ass afterwards. I don't give a shit. Fucking, I hope James. that person gets paper cuts in between every one of their fucking fingers. We used to, uh, we used to, like, our, uh, one of our big things, like, whenever we first started booking shows together was we were trying to get people who were, like, barely there to just cross over and start coming to see hardcore bands. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they were just kind of interested and they didn't we know a lot of core tours. So, so we go to like metalcore tours and like like you know these scene metal bands and uh a lot of those kids are super rude but they were always packed and the kids were always really sweaty so sometimes we would just take the flyers and stick it to their bodies whenever they came out because like because every dude there was like 19 years old and shirtless for some reason and so we would just like they would be all sweaty with 
stick it right to him and be like, hey, man, there you go. Well, yeah, you throw this away now. That's crazy. But that's smart to try to go and, you know, tap into these other markets because you go to Warp Tour, you know, there's a little crossover, right? Some of our favorite bands have played Warp Tour and you could easily introduce some of those kids to, to hardcore and they would cross over no problem. That's, that was like the, the whole reason behind it. And we tried, but it just like, I don't know if it ever really worked. It might have a little bit. I started booking with a guy um, that, that kind of came from that world and booked a little bit more of those types of shows. And that definitely helped. Like I booked with him, I booked like Sea uh, Space Cowboy and Wrist Meat Razor. And then like, um, like uh, we booked Kubla Khan one time mm-hmm. and the, the place sold out, but I was able to pass out a lot of flyers. And I think it helped a little bit. I think some of the kids that, um, some of the kids that went to like our last show, like the younger ones may have been at that, or like we played with Knocked Loose and we made sure to pass out a bunch of flyers if we were at that. Like me, me and Drew tried to tried to reach that that audience for like a long time. And it just, sometimes it would work. Most mm-hmm. times it would not, but it was always fun getting in fucking arguments with people like that. I remember one time I, I lived in Ohio in like 2016, I think me and Drew were passing out flyers like a year before and I passed out a flyer. And my thing was just like quick fucking roasts with people as they were walking out. And this dude in fucking Dayton, Ohio, or no, in Cincinnati came up to me at work and was just like, hey, I think you passed me a flyer two years ago and made fun of me at this place called the Foo Bar in St. Louis. Was that you? I said, yes. And then that was the end of that conversation. Uh, Drew, your shit's all fucking laggy. Yeah, Drew, you're a little choppy back there. Um, I was... Uh, my, my- I was recently in Wilkesbury, um, helping my buddy, uh, you know, uh, out at this fest that he put together. Um, you know, whatever he needed, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to help. And I just sat with him at the door, right? He was, he was actually just doing all the work. I was just sitting there, and just even like when I would talk to somebody, right? I would compliment somebody's shirt or something. They would just be so surprised. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, this doesn't have to be like, you know, it's just transactional. Like here, here's the money. There's your wristband. Go have fun. It's like, no, like we can, we can talk and it, it, it's fine. You know, it, it was just a little strange to me that it was just like, you know, those like social interactions, like people were just surprised that I was, you know, uh, like, you know, wanting to have a conversation or just, or just say something nice instead of just like, yeah, you know, I, I work, I work uh, a lot of door shifts at the the club that I work at. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I have conversations with people, just like real brief ones. And then also getting like fucking like yelling matches with people over like COVID vaccine stuff right now. But that's awesome. Uh, it's always fun. Like just talking to people for more than five seconds about stuff. That's, I, that's why I like that job is just, I get to talk to a lot of people and still see music and shit for free. Yeah, I think one of my most favorite times. Uh, I probably sound like a dick, but I was uh, I was doing merch at this festival, and uh, God, now I'm drunk a bunch on the band. Um, who was I doing merch for? Now I have to look this up because this is this is gonna bother me. Sorry, hold on. Is it being Casey stream? No, no, it wasn't that that type of music. Was it Lucy Dacus? Um, was it who? Lucy Dacus. It probably wasn't. I just I did I did production crew stuff for her a few mm. weeks ago, and I've okay. her record a thousand times. All right, sorry, I, I had to look this up. But okay, so I, I was doing merch at this festival, and we were selling uh, Death Cab merch. And every single person that came up before they even told me what they wanted, I just had to let them know, I'm like, yo, the, the postal service is better. What are you doing here? And <laughs> <laughs> so many. I mean, people- it's true and funny. Yeah. You know it- what? I I agree with that take. I feel like most people should. Yeah. I own the Postal Service record. I do not own any Death Cap records. Okay. That's awesome. 
Um, but yeah, but just like, you know, just trolling people, having fun. Cause like I, you know, I was stuck in this damn tent for like the whole day. So it's like, I was just trying to make the best of it. And you know, some people, uh, got it and like, you know, appreciated the little dig, but then some people thought I was like really serious and like thought I was like when, attacking them. When you worked that tent, did you get a flat rate, like a flat day rate? Or did you get, um, did you get a percentage when you, it, at the end of the day? It was a flat rate. It was pretty sad. Oh, that's, dude, I, a friend of mine worked. Uh, he did merch for Rolling Stones recently, and they give you a percentage of like what your tape, like what your tent makes that day. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker walked away with like fifteen hundred dollars for like a ten hour day. It's not bad. I sold okay. one shirt sold too. You, you, yeah. want, <laughs> you want you want to hear something crazy? Maybe I shouldn't. Not fuck it. I'll say it. So I, I did merch for a day to remember. Right, a controversial mm-hmm. band. Right. Um, I, I I got hired on. Uh, and you know, I, I was thankful for the opportunity because I was trying to get into like that world, right? So, I we, we did merch for a, a day to remember. We we sold like, if I remember the numbers correctly, I think they did like eighty thousand dollars in merch. Yeah, and, makes sense. Yeah, and like when I you know obviously got my envelope of money at the end of the day, I was like, oh cool, this is gonna be you know a good chunk of change. And I opened it up. I remember like, me and my buddy like, uh, well, my, my buddy was driving. I was in like the passenger seat. And I, I opened up the envelope. And I was like counting the money, and like I only got paid like a hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, oh, I was like, I think they shortchanged me. And my buddy, <laughs> he knew I was getting paid that much money, um, mm. and he was like, no, nah, dude, like that's the right amount. I was like, damn, dude, we did a lot of work for one hundred fifty dollars. This is kind of BS. I was like, I never want to do that again. Dude, I did, uh, I did production crew ship for somebody recently. I was there from, I was there for, I, don't know, I think I did like nine hours of work for okay. this for these people, and I worked the show, but it was just nine hours of like load in, load out, and then we set up like a fucking stage like their stage production and all this bullshit i mean 65 dollars for like nine hours of jeez like i was pissed i thought it'd be a lot more than that and i was just like well i guess i'll just go fuck myself then that is not a lot of money that's a lot of work like i, I worked my normal shift and then i had mm. to st- I, I was there till like 3 a.m i think just loading out all this bullshit yeah i yeah so i i my, my dreams of being uh, a, a full-time merch person just kind of went away because like obviously like i have friends who who do it full-time and like mm. I'm, I'm stoked for them because they you know they have it down like they're they're constantly on the road and like I, i've gotten opportunities like i've gotten some offers but we just couldn't come to terms on like the money situation right because it's just yeah like, yeah like i don't want to leave everything that i have right now if the money is not right um so so i, I just gave yeah it for sure no i get it i that whole like world of like music production and shit like that that's like kind of what i've been trying to do for the last few years as far as like work mm-hmm. so like learning all the ins and outs of this shit it's it basically all amounts to like hey like yeah you get to travel and do all this cool shit but like guess what you're gonna be poor doing it Hundred mm-hmm. like, i know a couple of people that work for like bigger artists too who do who do well but they also do like sound production and like lighting and shit like that not just like selling t-shirts and stuff yeah like one of the guys um i probably shouldn't name him but he like when we we're doing the uh, a data remember gig he was like yeah like i just got off you know doing merch for like you know kid cuddy and like i made this much money i'm like oh like you can make that kind of money doing this like want to get to it and you know what that day they they asked me um and they, they kind of uh, called my bluff which i kind of felt stupid but they were just like oh like you want to take this serious and i was like yeah like uh, that's why i'm here i you know um, uh, so-and-so got me this gig uh, i'm definitely interested and they're like okay like we need somebody to go on tour with hate breed tomorrow like will you do it and like this is like you know four people like speaking to me and i'm just like i can't do that i can't just go tomorrow like i got yeah. like my my normal job to go to tomorrow and i don't even know how much like i'm going to be getting paid i don't know and like obviously like and i don't know anybody so i like said no and they're like okay i, 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 I just paid you in monster energy drinks throughout the whole day uh 
yeah that's that's not enough so it, it, it was interesting and you know like i had done some other stuff too like before i decided to just not do it again um but it, it's definitely an interesting world like it's way more yeah. like in-depth than i could have ever imagined because i didn't think it was like that deep but like um but also having friends in the business and like knowing you know how and when like you know these designs are even like an idea then seeing them get sent to like production and getting the merch made and then it getting delivered and all that like the, the process is like way more like you know crazier than i thought it was yeah i i don't really deal with like the merch i've sold merch for a few bands here and there mm-hmm. um just when like they'll they'll pull it to my work and it's just like oh hey we need a merch person tonight like i'll fill in sometimes because it's usually just extra cash uh but i usually try to stick away from that i'm trying to get more into like sound production right now and that's like a whole fucking extra thing that's gonna be a pain in the ass but pays well now i i'm curious when you uh, you know moved did you still want to you know uh, continue to book shows because obviously I, I know you've done some stuff uh, yeah I, booking shows is like my job now oh oh okay oh i i, I thought uh, it was I work, like a side thing for you no i work at a venue um and they hired me on just to do like regular venue work but i also talent by there too mm-hmm. um so i'm still like they're kind of sticking me into like more like the punk and hardcore metal stuff because they want somebody to they that's a big reason why they hired me is to do more of those kinds of shows in the spot um but as i've been there i'm branching out to more stuff like i said production crew shit loading uh, i'm trying i'm gonna start doing sound here pretty soon i'm just trying to get a little bit of like everything from there but yeah for the most part like i that's what i do at work yeah. is, is like deal with booking shit and then like just regular shifts yeah i i have a buddy um and you booked a, a couple of his bands at, at this point already and he has like nothing but nice things to say about the way you run things so that's so cool to hear from- i think you and i talked about it i can't remember i don't know if i should say it on air just say it it's fine uh, it. he, he's, he's from new york well, that's yeah just yeah it's a big fucking state man but he we'll just say it over because i don't know if he wants me putting that out there because it was a private conversation but um I can't remember who it was. You told me about it too. I did tell you. Oh, that. very nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I booked one of his bands recently, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Really. I think it's the first time me and him have actually ever met. Yeah. So awesome, um, dude. Super nice, dude. Cool band. Um. Yeah. I think they might be coming back at some point. I think another band from that area. I think they're from that area. This band called Exhibition. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they're coming here on New Year's Day with Gel. Okay. Cool. I just I just confirmed that this week. Cool bands. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that that's going well for you there. And obviously, like, yeah, hearing it from other people, uh, you know, and not even knowing that, you know, they had those interactions with you. So that was definitely. Yeah, it's cool. Like, booking shows up here is, is really, is, is a little bit different. Um, me and Vlad, who runs Delayed Gratification Records, uh, we're supposed to get, done, like, dinner or something next week and start talking about doing shows together. Because mm-hmm. uh, he gets hit up a lot. Um so we're just kind of we're kind of just going to do it as like kind of like I did Gateway City in St. Louis. We're going to kind of just work under the same umbrella together uh, and hopefully bring more shows because he he actually works at now that's class, which is on the west side of Cleveland. And then the spot that I work at is on the east side of Cleveland. So okay. it'd be good to have like we're both pretty much like can can confirm shows at either spot if one of them's taken and the other one's not because my, my work has two rooms and his has two rooms i think too mm-hmm. so we're, we'll be able to like i think it'll be i think it'll be good for us to work together it'll be good for me to learn how to work together with somebody when it comes to booking <laughs> so yeah. i think it'll be cool i'm excited for it yeah no it sounds like it's a it's a good thing for everybody you know you guys joining forces and you're know, just trying to bring more stuff to the city 
Yeah. I mean, the first show that I booked here, I expected to not do very well just because I don't know a ton of people. Uh, and it was a matinee and it ended up doing like 60 people. So, I mean, I think if it wasn't a matinee, it could have done a little bit better. But the fact that 60 showed up on a Saturday afternoon was good enough for me. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously, like, you know, you're just getting your feet wet over there. So, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Know. It's been cool. Everyone's been very, like, very kind, very supportive. Um, like, when I first moved here, people were just like, yo, it's it's cool that you're moving here. Like, I hope that you continue to book shows and, and stuff like that. It's very positive energy in Cleveland, uh, despite the fact that it's, like, fucking cold as shit and rainy here now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Drew, I, I wanted to ask you about... Uh, which might be my favorite track on Halfway Down, uh, Between the World and You. I, I was just oh, curious. That's my least favorite track. I love that people. I so I wrote the, I wrote the music to that song. Okay, that's why it's so, that's why it's so fucking <laughs> so fucking rippy and shit. That's so funny. He hated that fucking song. Why? That's so funny because I love because it song. was so. Uh, for one, um, I didn't like how much it sounded like uh, another band. Okay. Um, it just it just doesn't to me it like didn't fit on the record um i didn't think that like it meshed well uh and keep it you know we've we've we refined it a little bit too um but it was just you know like when when they first played it for me like when they were first working on it i was just like oh that sounds that was, cool but for long like a, too. a different record yeah and there was like the there first was draft a, was like almost three minutes. Yeah, there was there was a whole section of it that like we eventually took out because I, I straight up was just like, you guys, we have to take that out. I think it was just I think it was just the verse and the chorus repeating. Yeah, it's what it was. And but it, it, add, I mean, that adds a good like we, 30 to 45 seconds to it. So like we we when we do uh, when we were writing, we would like take a video just of what we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played it for our friend and I was just like, tell me I'm not crazy and that the song is just like long and boring. And he was just like, that song's long and boring. You gotta, you gotta fix that. And I was like, okay, cool. That's the all, all the justification I need. And so like the next time we practiced, I was just like, this is a slog. Like you have, we have to take it down. It's boring to get through. And then like the, the song didn't excite me at all. So like, it was just hard to write lyrics for it because I just didn't care about that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took me forever to like finally figure out what angle I was going to go into to, to, to write it. And I think the lyrics are some of the worst on the record. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I fucking love it because I know how much he hates it and how mm-hmm. people always t- like, we've had a lot of people tell us that that's their it, favorite. No, it's, it's cool. Like I I'm glad that people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that it got me excited about it once, you know, I heard that people were actually liking it. Yeah, once he um, once he started to like it, I was just like, "All right, cool, let's fucking we're done here." Yeah, it was just I I I I just I don't know. I think that like I can tell people like what I was trying to make that song about, but if you actually like analyze the lyrics, I don't think they come to that point at all. I don't care about the bullshit lyrics. Not about the riffs, man. Dude, <laughs> that, song, like, the, the song's just a melodic strife song. That's it. That's the that's all that is. I'll just say, find me one review that someone wrote where they talked about the music and not the stuff I wrote. I mean, that's fair. We, <laughs> our, our music is good, but the lyrics do do absolutely like our, our, the lyrics are a very big part of why people liked us, and I, I understand that for sure. But like, the music mm. is way fucking cooler. Uh, we're not good lyrics, but you've you've sang them lyrics over whack ass riffs. Guess who didn't give a fuck? I mean, that's true. You're right. You're right. 
I'm just saying, uh, you're nothing without me. As as I will as, carry on without you. Since since we're not in a band anymore, I don't have to play humble and pretend like, oh man, it's a team effort. Nah, man, I carried those songs. Bitch, you never <laughs> acted like that in the first place. Fuck you. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, you know, I, I was just listening to the record earlier today, and I don't know why. Yeah, that, that one just like sticks out to me these days. On the waterfront has been my favorite for. I think since we like fully figured it out, like once we finally had it done, that's been my favorite one. That's why I put it on the set list for both nights that we played. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was going to ask you about that. Okay. So it's like, you know, you have th- these two last shows and uh, you know, you, you're headlining your, your hometown show and you can, you, you create your set list and right. You can kind of determine how long um, you can play. Did you, you want to think that that would be a really easy process, but let me tell you with okay. the members of our band, it's sure everything, everything in our band is, is very difficult because we all are, we, we talk constantly. We still talk. Like we still have a chat together. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I, had to, I had to mute it. Cause you guys were talking too much during while I was trying to teach today. We talk, we talk a lot and we argue a lot. And that's always been like a thing with our band. We have, big arguments with each other and everything always ends up fine mm-hmm. but it's just i don't know it's a lot of arguing but so for our last two it was going to be a mix both nights we we're just going to like pick a hand we we're going to lean heavy on the new lp for the first night mm-hmm. and then the second night was just going to be a scatter of everything and what what ended up happening was we did the first night was the whole new lp front to back and then two old songs and then the second night was a pretty good mixed bag of everything but it was such a fucking pain in the ass to come up with it. I don't understand because we had it set. We were just like, all right, cool. Mix both nights. That's perfect. That's what we should do. Mm-hmm. And then someone was just like, well, I want to play the whole LP uh, for the from front to back. So then that's what we did. And how hard is that to uh, to learn or, or like, you know, kind of, you know, practice all those songs and make sure you, you get them down, you know, because it's, it's not hard if you it's not hard if you know if you practice. It's not hard. I only practiced with them once. They practiced for a few months before mm-hmm. I got home. And then I, I flew in the day of the show. And then, like, Blake picked me up. I got some food. And then we went straight to the practice spot. And did you guys, you know, were able to, you know, kind of find that groove together? Oh, it was, yeah, totally fun. it was, it was, uh, the in, so James wasn't there, but like for the last like two months, basically, you know, we were, we were practicing. I mean, we tried to practice weekly, but, you know, stuff got in the way, so it didn't always happen. And uh, we I, we did not sound good. It was boring. Like, the songs were, we were playing the songs too slow, and, like, my voice doesn't work if the songs are too slow. So, like, I was sounding like crap. I started forgetting the words because, like, if they're played slow enough, they don't sound like our songs anymore. And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't have the muscle memory of, like, saying all those words anymore mm-hmm. and so like i was just like oh man this sucks but then uh uh i knew that once james was there like we'd all get into it again it's just how it goes now i'm the fucking glue that holds this piece of shit together i, I mean you're, you're not wrong and so like yeah when he was there we played we practiced fine yeah it sounded great i didn't understand what the fuck he was because i asked him i was like how's it sounding he's like you know it's it's okay like and then we got i got there i was like it sounds fucking fine like what's wrong with this dumbass yeah i mean it was just our our i don't i don't know our our it's a whole thing (laughs) now i i am curious which night would you know, I'm you know just purely on setless which one did you prefer did you like doing the whole record front to back and a couple songs First night was cool. 
Like, I liked playing those songs because I've been wanting to play them for so long. Mm-hmm. But then when we played the two old songs, fucking place went off. Like, yeah. it was it was great the whole set. But when we played 75, we played number 75 and we played Crimson Pig, like, the fucking place went off. So it's just like, fuck, man, we should have done this from the jump. Because not everyone that was in St. Louis was going to go to prom court. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people that have, that have seen us for the last few years didn't get to see, like, songs they may have liked. Yeah. It, it was, I don't know, like... I, I was I was kind of one of the people pushing to do um, the uh, the the whole record just because I wanted like I wrote I wrote all these songs I really wanted to be able to play them at least once you know and yeah. there if we if we did a mix then inevitably there would have been some songs that we would have left off and you know that that was that was a, after a while though everybody kept arguing about it so much that I was just like I'm just not gonna talk I don't care. Just pick the songs. That's just gonna wear them down. And I, I'm also curious: Are there any songs that never got to see, like you know, like the live setting from your discography? The, no. I think I think we played everything live at least once. There okay. were a lot of songs that I liked that the other guys just didn't like playing. So yeah, you know, they they would we, never. We only played a rhythmio once, ever. Yeah, they, maybe they, twice. They, there were there were a lot of there was a lot of stuff that i was just like yeah this song's good let's play it and they would say no and then we just wouldn't play it yeah hiroshima lovers was one of those we used to play it a lot and then we stopped for a while and then we just never i wanted to play that that weekend but we just we ended up not doing it mm-hmm. like uh on the demo there was a song called at the climax i liked that song a lot oh yeah i forgot about that song i i liked that song a lot and and we played it maybe once or twice no we played it a lot in the beginning well, I guess yeah. Before we had more material, yeah. Before we had more material, we we definitely played the like the first but, year. And a half. Yeah, after a while, it kind of fell to the wayside, and then uh, Arrhythmia only got played once, maybe the, twice. The original version of "This Is Not an Exit" was better than the re-recorded version, and you uh, think so? Yes, that intro was way cooler. Yeah, it was. Now, yeah, I, I forgot what the intro was. I forgot that we've been playing it the new way for so long. That I forgot that it used to, yeah I, I agree i think it's not yeah, it was it was it was better um and so like i wish that we would have stuck with that but we stopped playing it because people were like ah, oh, it's not cool so like all right whatever but don't you think that the like the fans determine what's cool and what's not that's I, the whole time i was writing the set list i was like okay cool like there's these are people that have seen us for the last three years I want to play songs that I know people would want to like people like the record, but like who gives a shit? Like if I'm seeing a band that I like a lot for the last time and they play just the whole new record and then two old songs, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. So I was just kind of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. But it was just like, I also don't care. But I, I told, I told every single one of them this, I was like every hour that I decided to still get on that plane from like seven o'clock the day before I was supposed to leave was a fucking miracle. Because up until like I was on my way to the airport, I was just like, I could just stay home. I don't have to go to this. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, I don't care enough about this shit to argue anymore. Like, I just want to fucking go and get it over with. But I, I do think it's cool that you did play a lot of those songs off or all the songs off the new record. Because if you didn't, I feel like something is might have, I feel like, uh, you know, unfinished, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that too. It's just like we could have split it into two days and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, we, we kept it to 12 songs each night. I, I think there could have been a little bit more compromise, but everyone was just kind of like, 
either like on fucking high alert about it or they were just kind of like i don't give a shit about this there's no middle ground with us it's usually like you really fucking care about this more than anything in the world or you could not possibly give a single shit about it and for people who uh, weren't able to make it out um were there or are there any like leftover merch that we'll see the light of day or i think we're out of shirts and shit i think there's like oh, wow. some tapes and flexies I mean, that there's... are probably gonna get dumped somewhere there's some stuff um I, i've been thinking about what's gonna happen with that like i i want to say that i'll like put it on our web store and then mail it out myself but i also know who i am as a person so mm-hmm. like, i'd say just take it all in fucking record space or some shit like that or just drop it off at different stores but yeah i don't think we'll do anything else but, with i mean there's safe inside uh still has some stuff online that people can buy i think and yeah there's like a, there's a couple copies of the new lp left i think there's like five left i if you know if next year he decides he wants to do like a time and pressure shirt see if people want to buy it i mean i I can't see that happening but like if he did you know yeah that wouldn't have anything to do with us i don't think yeah um i don't know actually i think it i i don't know that's like a whole weird thing do you know who has those um those books those little uh or like drew's uh you know blog or yeah blogs that were the the yeah the 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 little book we did that's uh we we have some i think what these uh, guys yeah yeah i want one Yo, of those. i hate this fucking thing i, want I hate it. this thing so much i spent months on this and then i deleted all of the fucking files and had to redo it i, I want one it's cool kyle from crafter is the person that put them out does he still have he them got, online he's got a bunch yeah, of sent- yeah. sentimental press yeah sentimental press okay all right i'll have to buy one after we get off air I think they're like ten bucks or something like that. We try to keep them really cheap. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all color on the inside, but it's it's primarily like a lot of it's a bunch of shit. It's cool. I like it a lot. Like it was a fun project. I just kind of was just like, hey, we're gonna do this thing, like I usually do. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, this is all your problem now too, so you have to help me with it. But you know, shouts out, shouts out, fucking Joel, the play of the fucking month forever and always. Okay. Well, yeah, the, there's stuff left. I don't know what's going to happen with it. There's videos of both sets that are coming eventually. I cannot fucking wait for the Promcore video, though, because Drew <laughs> did like a fucking weird impression of me and just talked a bunch of shit about somebody that was in the room. Oh, wow. And Drew, did they... Listen, okay. I know Drew for a very long time. Okay. He, he, he doesn't talk a lot of shit. He does a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when he does it's mean and it's like fucking it's like your parents being disappointed in you or some shit like you got like a d on your report card mm-hmm. but there's this fucking geek at the fucking new age table no new okay new age uh he was uh, not not affiliated with the label in any way just like i guess was just there helping out yeah just helping um, out merch uh, but yeah they they that's who the song crimson pig is about and so yeah we we're like on the way to the fest and i'm just like looking on my phone and i see i'm just like Hold on. I think, yo, Niles is at the fest. I just scream in the van and I show Drew. And then that was what's it. Funny, what's funny is that, like, I went the entire run of our band, like, not addressing who that song was about, like, at, at live shows. Cause, like, it just didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the, the last hometown show, I was finally just like, uh, so the, the, the person that the song is about is named Niles. And, uh, I was just kind of like, this is the first song we ever wrote. It's about Niles. If you know who that person is, you know why this song is about them. If you don't know who that is, I envy you. And then like, that's 
it's just what I said. Yeah, and, that was the last time we played at home. And then then I wasn't planning on saying anything about them the next night because like we weren't in St. Louis, so it didn't matter. But Niles was there. God, God was in that room. I felt him. <laughs> I felt him. God has shown his fucking light upon me. I saw I got so when I found out that they were there and that New Age had a table, I got to the venue an hour before load in to get a spot right next to them. Oh, just indeed. because I was just like, this is gonna be fun. Cause I was like, I don't know if you knew this. I talked a little, I had a little um discourse, we'll say, with uh, the band Red Bait. Mm-hmm. Um so I wanted to make sure to get there early to just be a dick. Uh, and then we found out Niles was going to be there. And I was like, this is the greatest weekend of my life. It's like, you're just going to be an asshole all weekend. He wanted to come show some support. Absolutely. I wanted to support how much I fucking hate that band. And, you know, couldn't have happened to a more deserving group of people. Yeah. Drew talked his shit. It was fucking fucking beautiful i loved every second of it it was a great i didn't even the i you know i don't think on my feet very well whenever we're playing so like i didn't even say anything that was that bad it was just (laughs) i just i just said who the song was about dude it was fucking oh it was great it was the it was my favorite part of the entire weekend that and like getting on a plane and going back to fucking ohio but like oh fuck it it was the best I can't now. Now I'm gonna be looking out for that part when the video. Dude, comes it out. was great. It's it's towards the end. It's the second to last song that we played that night, and he was just like, "This song is about so and so. They're behind the fucking new age merch table, and I fucking hate them." And I was just like, "This is great. <laughs> this is so great." That's awesome. <laughs> Drew's not an asshole. Like he's an asshole, but he doesn't like talk shit. He's not like a. He's not like a fucking. He's not a prick. Mm-hmm. So it's just like when we did it. I was just like, "Oh, fuck! This is great. This is the best." Like this is the best thing that could have possibly happened this weekend. Like I had Del Taco that weekend. Okay. That was a little bit better. Now, I, I, who filmed the St. Louis show? Uh, a friend of our, uh, this dude named Stephen Inman. Uh, they did like a three angle shot, like filming thing of it. I don't know when it's going to come out. I haven't talked to him since I've been home, but okay. I'll, uh, I think it should be soon, I guess. Oh, hopefully soon. And I, I noticed uh, the Twitter is still active. I saw oh that. fuck yeah! I'm making fun of everybody until the day I die. Okay, so that's how I make fun of Blake. I I just wanted to be known because some people don't know this for some reason that it is just none of the other members have like access to any of the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just me because you've talked to other people in my band. You understand why? So it's just like I'm just mean to Blake on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I talk shit about Shelter, and I talk shit about Red Bait. That's all I do on our Twitter. That's funny because I thought you know I thought it was Drew behind the Twitter. Drew ain't that fucking funny. Don't 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 insult me like that. Sorry. We ain't never coming on this podcast ever again. You know, you guys are you guys are always welcome. The door's always open for you guys whenever you I'm, want. I'm tweeting about this interaction right now. Okay. Um, but that's that's crazy. Okay, so uh it's you know been a, a, a cool run. Like I said, I, I feel like you guys have been solid from the demo till the last record. Uh and are, are you guys completely happy with just walking away because obviously it's still a little fresh and and, you know these you know doubts might creep back in but were those last two shows enough for you guys to you know to walk away and you know be satisfied with what you guys have done 
I, uh, I mean, for me personally, I, I think so. I missed it a little bit. I told Drew about this like last week, I think. Mm. I, I started to miss it a little bit the other day. And then I was just kind of like, nope, I'm good. So I think we, I, there was other stuff that I wanted to do that we didn't get to, and that's fine. But I'd rather just be happy with what we did get to do than be bummed that we didn't get to do other shit. What's that fucking, that Cold World lyric? Was it, uh, uh, this band sucks? Scratch, scratch, or some shit like that. I don't know. I can't think of the Cold World lyric. It's like, uh, don't be sad that it ended. Be happy that it happened or some shit. I don't know. That band sucks, but. That's not, that's not Cold World. That's, uh, like a cross stitch that somebody hangs in their bathroom. Yeah, man. It's Cold World cross stitch. Hold on. Let me write that down. Cold World cross stitch. Okay. Start Etsy for dumb people. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm happy with what we did happy that we got to do a bunch of cool shit mm-hmm. um there was other stuff that i wanted to do that we didn't get to do but that's fine i don't care i'm the kind of person who probably will never be like content and will never be happy with anything so like uh i don't know i am all the stuff that we got to do i'm super grateful that it happened mm-hmm. um but I'm always in in my mind. I'm always going to be like, "What could we have done that we didn't get to?" You know, I'm going to think about that all the time. I'm glad we ended the way we did. Though. I, I'm I told like Drew said this in another thing where I, I said from a very early standpoint, I was like, "We're not going to be a band a long time. It's like we're going to be a band for like three, four years tops." And the longer we kept going, I was kind of like, you know, I want to end our band on the the note that we're all still like friends and that we all still like each other i didn't want to like blow up on each other on the side of the fucking road somewhere and be like well i guess we're done i wanted to be able to plan it and not just like have it happen uh so i think that was like a big reason i I was over the last year and a half i didn't have to do band shit i didn't have to be fucking band dad and i got used to it and i thought it was fucking cool so i was just my interest in it just kind of just went away Mm -hmm. um i didn't really care to play music here I, I did for a little bit in the band I filled in for. And then I was just kind of like, after we ended, I was just like, ah, I'm just going to take a break for a while. I, I, I told somebody recently, I was like, the only way time or pressure I will do, ever do a reunion is if it's for the last Chemical Fix show. That's the only time I'll ever do it. All right. I, I want them to break up next week. So if they, if they break up. <laughs> I'm a DM Chemical Fix break up. If they break up, then I'll, I'll play a show with them. One more time because we it was that was the best part of prom core i think was getting to hang out with those guys again even if it was just for a couple of days because mm-hmm. they played cleveland earlier that week what's up damn well, bro i'm sorry it's the homies we gotta talk for a while drew's not even talking he's just being a dumb bitch that's <laughs> <laughs> that's comedy um oh are, are, is that your kid in the background yeah, that's, that's just my, a kid. That's, yeah, it's one of my kids. It's my youngest daughter. That's Layla, my wife Erica, and then my other daughter Olive. That's awesome. Let me just let me just say, my wife fucking rules for for letting me act like a child for the last three years in this band mm-hmm. because definitely could not have done it without her being like, yeah, that's fine. Reluctantly, every time I had to leave, even when she was like fucking having to deal with like our small children. That's awesome. So, shouts out her. Shout out to your wife. No shouts out that fucking berries and cream ass fucking haircut she got. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know hey. what that means. That just sounds funny as hell. There you go. See, nobody knows what it means. <laughs> I know what it means. That can't be with us children right now. That's anyway. 
yeah i think i, I don't know that's the only way i'll play another another show i think is to do it with them i still like everybody in our band i mm-hmm. still talk to most of them throughout the week that, that's awesome I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear that but yeah, I, I, there was no like bad like bad blood between any of us like some of us are closer than others and like that's fine that's gonna happen mm-hmm. but like i'm just glad that it ended on a turn like on terms that we're we're all still friendly with each other and that like you know that's that's really all i really cared about we did all the we did a lot of cool shit especially from a band from our area bands from our area don't really like go out and do stuff and I, that was like a big point for our band when we first started was to not not be that no and i i think you guys did a good job of that because whenever i would talk about yeah there's this band from st louis and people would like look at me like what what are you yeah, talking louis about it's like a weird spot there's not a lot of bands that like oh. I, it's such a weird conversation like a weird thing to talk about too without sounding like a fucking pretentious asshole or like sounding like 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 a cocky dick but at the same time like oh fuck who gives a shit hot dogs man who gives a shit so i'm just like you know we did a lot of cool shit and drew made it like a little speech when we played home the last time and i thought it was fucking cringy as shit when he said it then but like i thought about it more since i'm just kind of like yeah you know kind of makes sense and do do, can you like paraphrase or do do you know the speech yeah it was just like you know down the line they're gonna have to talk about like when you when you bring up the the a list of like the best hardcore bands from st louis like we're one of those bands on that list basically you mm-hmm. forgot cardiac arrest but you know that's fun. true i did okay. that's, that's the best band from st louis like ever that's beside the point yeah he said that and like i thought it was fucking goof nugget at first but i don't know i i, I hope people don't take it as like a fucking like yo i'm fucking better than you fuck you write better songs but it's like you know we did a lot mm-hmm. and i think time and pressure in tandem with gateway city hardcore like we both ran concurrently so i think it really helped st louis just like as a whole having a band that people recognize from a city that people don't really care for and then having uh, like that name be synonymous with us so like booking shows became more of a priority and like was kind of connected to our band as well you know i've said it on twitter um, and I've even said on, on this podcast before, like, I, I think, you know, the, the, the style and just the way you guys, you know, wrote your music, I feel like it's like, honestly, like top tier hardcore. Like when I listen to halfway down, I, I just think I'm like, man, these guys understand like how to write good hardcore. And I argue that and I'm not even kidding when I say this, like, obviously I'm not saying it just because you guys are here, but when I think about that record, it's seriously top five for me. Like front to back, I think that record is so fun to listen to. And obviously, like reading Drew's lyrics, uh, you know, obviously there's like deeper meanings there. And, and it's fun. It, it just seems like you guys actually cared and you guys didn't just show up to, you know, be in a cool hardcore band from your area. It seems like you guys actually, you know, loved what you're doing and cared a lot about it. I think it definitely comes through on the LP. The LP was the most collaborative writing that we've done as a band. And I think it really shows. And we did spend a lot of time like refining those songs and did have some some tough conversations with each other about mm-hmm. how song structures were and like the readiness of certain songs and just the readiness of our band. Because I think we didn't walk into it knowing that it was going to be our last recording. But I think there was a little bit like halfway through it, we we're just kind of like, yo, this is probably going to be it. Like as the pandemic went on mm-hmm. and like people's interests kind of waned, we were just kind of like, you know, I think this might end up being it. I fucking knew it was going to be it from jump nobody else fucking knew that yet i hadn't told him yet so it's kind of like i i think i'm i'm very proud of that record i'm proud of like everyone's growth during it and like I'm, i i know that i'm never gonna write better songs than that or be on better songs than that so it's just kind of like 
I feel like that's a good way to end. It sucks that we get to play them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That part kind of sucks just because, like, I do like spending time. Like, I haven't seen most of those guys. And I saw Drew right before I left. And then I hadn't seen – all of us haven't been in the same room since probably – I left in June. We hadn't been in the same room since probably maybe April, maybe May, like early May. And then I didn't see them again until fucking late October. So it was just like, it was good being in the same room as each other. And I, like, I did miss them. I, I mean, I still do kind of, I guess not really, but um, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'm just, I'm glad that it ended the way it did. I'm proud of everything that we did. Um, yeah. Any last words from you, Drew? Um, I don't know. You get me talking. I can talk forever. Yeah, man, I'm trying uh, to fucking eat dinner. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm extremely proud of that of the record. It's the it's the best music that I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for sure. Um, I I do think that we had another at least another recording in us, um, and I, I I would have liked to have seen what that was. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good record. It was a good way to go out. Um, I hope, I hope that people continue listening to it, even though they won't be able to see us. Um, that's 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 a big thing that I think about often, because um, so much of like hardcore is about preparing for the live show, uh-huh. um, and if you know, there's no no chance that you're gonna see our band maybe people just stop listening and i i hope that's not the case oh can i talk about my biggest regret in this band real quick sure the fact that our so we didn't okay so we took promo photos in june 2020 when i was 50 no 40 pounds heavier and had fucking blue hair and then we never redid them so forever i'm gonna look like a fucking dickhead with blue hair so that's my biggest regret. That's your. That's the one thing I wish we could have done was change those fucking pictures. All right. Well, where okay, and if you were uh, you know being honest about playing that final chemical fix show whenever it is, obviously like, I I don't wish them to break up. I I hope you know great success for that band. They're awesome dudes doing great music, but whenever that time comes, because obviously it, it comes for every band. Um, and you guys do end up playing that if, if you're true to your word i will be there because i'll I, absolutely do it that's the only way, that's the only reason i'll do it because i i am so like you have no idea how jealous i am of so many people like that i know from out here that got to see you guys live and the fact that you know i'm such a fan that i existed during the same time but never got a chance to see it and obviously there were opportunities but it just didn't come to fruition it, it, it seriously bums me out because i that was like one thing that i really wanted to do was see you guys live but you know that if that you know happens i will be there i don't care where it is when it is could be my mom's birthday whatever see you later (laughs) mom i'm gonna go see time and pressure chemical fix we'll figure it out you'll have another birthday hopefully love you bye but yeah that's that's how it's gonna go down and yeah that's yeah and and as long as this podcast is gonna continue like i will not let people forget about your band because like i said you guys did something really great and i think everybody should know about it i also think everyone should know about it and that i am great (laughs) i think everyone should know that i am great and everyone else i 
in my shadow of greatness. No, don't, don't let me finish. I am the best. Drew is the worst. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I think often about, you know, like, oh, I guess I, you know, like when you're in a band, you think about like the things you could do, you know, like mm -hmm. when we were, when we were a band, it was like, oh, we could go play. Like, it'd be cool if we could play Europe. It'd be cool if we could go tour the, the West coast. It'd be cool if we'd get, you know, got to do this stuff, you know, whatever we got to play one of the, 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 we got to play, this is hardcore fest or, you know, whatever. Uh, now that we're not a band that shift that, that has shifted to, Oh, it'd be cool if we become one of those bands that like just years from now, somebody like people start talking about again for some reason, you know, like, like we have our judge moment where it's like, uh, suddenly people are like talking about this band out, out of nowhere, you know? Well, like I said, as long as this podcast is still alive, I'm not gonna let people forget because you guys are awesome and I love the music and what you guys have done is cool. And I, I appreciate you guys being good to me over the, the years, right? You know, you guys have been on the podcast multiple times, Blake's been on the podcast. So I, I appreciate your guys' kindness and willing to take the time to, to come and do this. Cause I, I, I appreciate it a lot, man. I mean, I, I, I like doing this podcast. Uh, it's, I, I think that you <laughs> kind of just let the conversation flow, which is good for a person like me or a person like James, because like, you give us a topic we could talk about it uh we've we in people have compared us uh favorably i hope to uh statler and waldorf from the muppets <laughs> um whenever we would be together at shows just like standing in the back talking <laughs> uh you give us a you give us some a, you give us a topic or even just not a topic and we'll find a way to have a conversation about it yeah drew never shuts the fuck up i don't not ever. Don't we don't get anything done in my classroom because I'm too busy being like, hey guys, have you heard the new uh, Chemical Fix record? Well, this has been awesome. Like I said, I bittersweet, but I'm happy to have 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 you guys come back. Like I said, the doors open anytime you guys want to, you know, come on talk about anything. I'll I'll, I'll make time for you guys because I like I said, I I appreciate you guys for what you've done and um you know how great you've been to me. So thank you. But um you know before we finally go, is there you know anything else you guys would like to say? Yes. I know what it is. It's coming. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't know what it is. Uh, Shouts out, Ohio, hardcore. Mm -hmm. Fucking the best. In love. Slug. Last gas. Fucking rejoice. Fucking uh, captive, who I saw yesterday was fucking cool. Other bands that I'm probably forgetting. I hope not. Um, delayed gratification records. Fucking rules. Shout out to everyone here. No shouts out to anybody that was talking shit on Twitter about fucking St. Louis like two months ago. Suck a dick. Um, the next time I come in here, I'm just going to have like a list of people I don't fucking like. I'm just going to read it. It'll be a quick one. Um, fuck Red Bait. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I knew that's um, where he's going. Fuck anybody that tried to like cover that shit up or act like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, fuck you. Fuck New Age Records for doing that bullshit too. Fuck uh, Niles. And I think that's really about it. I love my fucking family. I fucking love Ohio. Uh, I fucking love Drew most of the time. Fucking Tower Pressure was cool, man. If you don't like it, that's fine. Get with it. Get the fuck away from it. Don't don't be a don't be a bitch. Exactly. That's that's about it. True. Also, go Cavs. <laughs> uh, what do I have to say? 
follow me on the socials? No, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. At Drew X Deficit. It's pronounced deficit. Nobody knows how to pronounce that word because they didn't pass uh, 10th grade uh, literature. Can you uh, like get this part out? That's fine. Go ahead. Promote don't yourself. You it's great. It's great. Don't you, fucking, don't you fucking dare plug the thing that you're thinking about. Oh man. No, I'm not gonna. Just you know, if hey, if they're if you if 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 it's a social media account, I'm on there under that name. Come talk to me, man. I'm lonely. My best friend moved away. So you got like, your fucking parlor account too. Oh man. Uh, Come on. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Yo. Speaking oh, of like garbage shit, every so often on TikTok, I'll just go on people's lives that look that look like they're stupid and then I just tell them that they get no bitches. That's been like my favorite thing to do lately. <laughs> is go on people that have like like bald eagle flags and like MAGA hats and shit on and just be like, yo, this dude gets no bitches. I just say it over and over again until they block me. That's comedy. But it's good. All right. I'm highbrow, man. Um other than that other than that, uh, I do want to say if you're listening to this and you're an artist who is interested in doing some short comics with me, do not hesitate. I will write any genre uh, of comic. So, Yo, hit me hit up. For erotic, erotic comics only. Dude, I would write the hell out of some erotica comics. Mm. Dude, talking about because the erotica erotica stories are great because they always use weird euphemisms for the private parts. No, so, they're like uh, 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 you can talk about your man roots and your sweet honey pots, dude. Oh, that sounds sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, see love you. A good, love the, a good sweet honey pot. This has been awesome. I, I seriously appreciate you guys taking the time to do this, and thank you for everybody for tuning in and watching. We'll be back soon. See you at the Chemical Fix final show. Maybe, Summer. hopefully. Okay. <laughs>